Hello, everyone. Welcome to the SmackDown 6 podcast, the only podcast on the internet covering the SmackDown 6 era of, you guessed it, SmackDown. That is a time from summer 2002 until early 2004 when wrestling itself was maybe the most important it's ever been on WWE programming. Now, that said, we were covering a period of time during the SmackDown 6 era, which is, I don't know, I would say something of a low ebb. What do you think about that, my co-host, Will Vaughn? Uh, as far as ebbs go, it's a low one, Matt, for sure. Coming out for WrestleMania 19 in Seattle and Safeco Field in front of over 50,000 screaming WWE fans who watched Brock Lesnar jump off the top rope and attempt a shooting star press and not rotate all the way around and bang his head on the mat. And gosh, Matt, wouldn't you know it, we'll bring it up every week since. So we're missing some uh, key people on this uh, uh, run of shows, and it shows... And uh, it's uh, one of the lows. Uh, it blows. You be the judge, audience, and we'll walk you through it. But uh, nevertheless, I'm addressed for the occasion. Matt, I'm excited to be talking about WWE Smack and Down, the television program airing on UPN Thursday nights, taped from Tuesday. There we go. What a, We took a journey there. And I want to peel back the curtain or the... Uh, Peel. I don't know. <laughs> this is a lot. Of, a I want to peel curtain. back something. Yeah, a creaky curtain or like the onion layer. I don't know one of those things. I think. Well, you had texted me. I think probably in the last week, and you were watching a one of the episodes of SmackDown to get ready for this episode. And you said, I think you texted me something like more like the SmackDown too. Yes. Uh, yeah. Last week's episode in uh, Chicago. Yeah, because it was who were the SmackDown two on that show? I think we do we have Ray and Benoit. Is that what it was? That was all. That was that was, that was it, and that was all. Yes, it was. It reminds. It reminded me, Will, I remember a little while back, you know, when the, when the podcast was in its infancy, when it was still very malleable and it was still young and impressionable. Exactly. I, I was thinking more of the uh, Yoshi's Island kind of like. Got to get Mario, baby Mario, or else you're gonna, he's going to get stolen by the. Uh, uh, Kamek's, I think. Or Kamek's, Kamek's, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, 10 seconds. And so that, that was a time where you said, hey, what if we did a kind of um, like a power ranking every week? Kind of who's up, who's down, <laughs> yes. who's top, who, who's top and who bottom right. SmackDown 6? And I was like, it's an interesting idea. I feel like it would be like, okay, bottom would be Chavo most of the time, unless somebody didn't get on TV. And the top would be, you know, Kurt or Benoit or Edge. Now, Eddie. that said, now that I think about it now, it would have made a lot of sense to do like a who's up, who's down period on these shows. Sure. Uh, so you can talk about Brock and everybody else. But that would be an interesting time. So... Yeah, like let's just let's just real quick before we get into the April seventeenth, two thousand three episode of SmackDown, which we're covering this weekend. Uh, this weekend, it's not the weekend. Yeah, this weekend. Maybe when you're listening to it, it's absolutely not the weekend. Now. Could not literally could not be further from the weekend in either direction uh, <laughs> than where we are right now. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's we'll just we'll do a quick overview of uh, of where these guys are, where, where the SmackDown six are right now, and what we think of them. So Chavo Guerrero, he is part of Los Guerreros. He's part of the tag team. And they are, we're going to find out, going to challenge for the titles at Backlash. But Los Guerreros are kind of, they're kind of, they're in the mix, but there's not much to them, I would say. And Chavo is just kind of there. Yeah, and the tag team division in general is just kind of like, yeah, let's do uh, these two teams that we have. I believe it's two teams right now yeah, in the, in Smack. I mean, they have, you know, they, they'll, uh, they'll, they'll team up. I mean, A-Train and Big Show could be considered a team. Um, yeah, I would say they're they, trying they, to Well, they literally that. are, yeah. But they just can't challenge yeah. for the tag titles because they're part of the same stable, quote-unquote, the same harem of, uh, of gentlemen uh, led by the guy who's not on television anymore. Um, and then we also, Matt, uh, I should uh, uh, correct myself, we do have a very exciting tag team coming to WWE. 
Uh, and we'll talk about that uh, as we get into the show. Very exciting tag team. Very exciting tag team. So that okay, so that's Chavo. Eddie is in roughly the same situation. Eddie usually has a slightly more elevated place on the show, but he is also part of the tag team division. I'm remembering the episode of SmackDown where they they broke up both Kurt and Benoit and Edge and Ray in the same night, and they they effectively destroyed their tag team division in one show right after making tag was, titles. Yes, I was was not overly fond of that as a decision. So that's okay. So those those are Los Guerreros. Ray, Ray is kind of floating around here. Uh, you know, he was part, he he lost Undertaker in the first round of that that match. There, I feel like they don't they don't have plans with Ray. He didn't win the cruiserweight title at WrestleMania. He's just kind of around. Usually, he's like a surprise partner. He's kind of with Tajiri a little bit, like with some partnership stuff there. But kind he's of. kind of floating. I think he's floating. He's kind of doing. He's like he's doing what like such WWE is. He's springboarding off the ropes and in, in the air, and he's just doing that. Permanently, he's got that right crazy now. hang time in the air. I don't know how he does it. Yeah. It's, he's a freak athlete, but he he's uh, his bookings like his wrestling, very floaty. Yeah, um, Edge, Edge is on the shelf. Yeah, Edge is uh, uh, still in the SmackDown credits. Still the de facto SmackDown Six member, but yeah, he's he's on the shelf for uh, for a while with something pretty serious. Yeah, for the duration of this podcast. Yeah. Um, Kurt Angle, also on the shelf. Not for as long, even though maybe he should have been. <laughs> yeah, that's. I won't debate that. Um, yeah, yeah. For, for him, he should have been. For the company, he needed to come back when he did. That's, that's how I'll put that. Doesn't make it right, but that's what happened. Yeah, no. I mean, when we, watching these shows, it's hard to be like, you know what? I would, I would take Kurt Angle back. I think, you know, I, I would less like less voodoo. You know, kind of like uh, less selling of the soul to get Kurt Angle back, considering the consequences of what it is to get him back. But that's okay. Uh, and then we have Chris Benoit, who is in the mix, kind of around, not floating like Ray per se, but he's just kind of like he's floating around the upper mid card. I would say, like, like if you want to get to the main event, you have to beat Chris Benoit roughly. Like he's kind of like permanently the number one contender and kind of a thing. Like, he obviously has a prominent position on this card that we're going to talk about tonight. Yeah. They need, he's not, he's not, not going to be back in a main event spot anytime soon. Yeah, they need, they need more out of him uh, right now, which is what they're uh, what they're getting. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's the SmackDown 6. That's where they are, guys. And so, you know, I want to talk about last week's episode, then we'll talk about this week's episode first. So, last week's episode, Brock Lesnar came back from his shooting star press concussion to beat Matt Hardy. Uh, now, Will, I will point out, I think we probably talked about this as well, Brock starts the episode last week. He's coming into the uh, the arena in Chicago. He comes by what I imagine are supposed to be wrestling fans, although so why they are, are they, made up of yeah, why are they backstage the then? People. Like, wrestling great, fans great know they can't just go backstage unless you're in PEI. Like, wrestling fans know this. So who are these people supposed to be? I guess they... Are we supposed to just think that they're local indie wrestlers? Because they all look like them, for sure. That would make more sense. It is funny. I'm almost afraid to m- mention that one of them was CM Punk because of how far behind we. Th- th- this episode is recorded well before it comes out, and so I'm afraid to bring up CM Punk because I feel like he may have a slightly different role in the wrestling world when this comes out than at the time I'm recording it, which I is 48 agree. hours before the rampage in Chicago. <laughs> I I, uh, so. I completely agree, Matt. Yeah, we'll we'll just say that uh, he's there, obviously, at the Chicago show. Uh, yes. Yes. At the um, Rosemont Mr. Horizon. Horizon. Mr. Kennedy proving out pretty hard. He making his yes. second appearance here. If he's he, he drove in from Wisconsin, did Mr. Kennedy? Right. And uh, I, you know, if I was covering this show, that show matter would have uh, looked way closer. At who else was there? But it looked like a gaggle of uh, folks. Colt was probably there. You'd think. I I I would think so. I didn't spot him, but that would make sense as well. 
Um, so yes, back in Chicago, um, Sable visited Tori in her dressing room. That's how I'm going to yeah. that, describe that situation there. Oh, I can't wait uh, till later. Yes, Benoit bested Rhino to reach the number one contenders tournament final. And John Cena beat The Undertaker to reach that same final. Only he had the help from Nunzio and the full-blooded Italians. Also, Piper's pit came back, and it was a big mess of a segment with Roddy Piper, Vince McMahon, Rikishi, Sean O'Hare, and big allusions to Hulk Hogan and Jimmy Snuka. And if that sounds overstuffed, overwrought, full of old guys, you're right. (laughs) That was last week's episode. And guess what? You know, that last thing, more of the same on this week's episode. So it'll be interesting here. We are covering... The April 17th, 2003 episode of SmackDown. It was taped April 15th, 2003 in Norfolk, Virginia. It was at the Norfolk Scope. It had a 3.3 rating on television. It did not beat Raw. It'll be a couple months still until it beats Raw in the ratings. That's something we're tracking because, you know, SmackDown is something of a B show or an A2 show or a, a Roman numeral 2 show. It's not the A show, per se, in theory, even though it's had a lot of success. And so we will see about that. And so we're going to start off on Velocity, guys. It's episode 48. Uh, there's no record of dark matches, although I'm sure there must have been some dark matches. Um, and so, yes, yeah, so we'll start with Velocity here. And uh, there was a little video package to start Velocity. Oh. Team Angle was talking backstage. They were alluding to something we didn't find out yet until we watched SmackDown, which is that they're going to be facing Los Guerreros at Backlash. And so oh. they got the premier Mexican tag team, Los Chihuahuas, to wrestle them. And so Will's giving me a fantastic look right now. Looks chihuahua. So are these just like enhancement talents with masks on, like luchador masks on? Ding, 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 ding. Will Los gets we'll get the cookie. Can be happening there. Team Angle defeated the mask duo of Los Chihuahuas when Charlie Haas got the Haas of Pain locked onto one of them. And it's funny, you know, I have. You can go online, you can find out all sorts of information and stuff like that. There's different wrestling databases. There's ones I go to. And it's always interesting when you run into a brick wall in these databases, right? Because yeah. you go through and it says Los Chihuahuas, and instead of having the lovely colored link where you're like, great, I'll just click through and it'll say Los Chihuahuas 1 was CM Punk or something stupid like that. Sure, yeah. Um, uh, but this one, no link. And I'm like, <laughs> great. Now, that said, I went and looked on uh, – I watched the Velocity on YouTube. You can go If you look up Velocity and then the date that, I, that, that Velocity came out, you can find Velocities on YouTube with the non uh, – with, with the recap stuff edited out. It's just matches. It's essentially perfect, a perfect way of viewing Velocity if you want to go do that. And there's some honest, honestly some decent matches on here sometimes. Sometimes. And so on the, on, in the description of this YouTube video, it said who they believed Los Chihuahuas were. Now, I will say... Who they believe them to be. This is, out, this, is, this is allegedly. But I will say there is circumstantial evidence this is correct because the same two guys were also on Heat recently enough in, okay. as a tag team. So I'm going to believe it to be the case. I, uh, there's decent evidence Los Chihuahuas were the team of Christian York and a guy named Joey Mercury. Uh, Joey Mercury, yes, of course. Joey Mercury. Yeah. Who later have a couple different uh, runs here in WWE. So, mm-hmm. those chihuahuas. I'm not thrilled with the insinuation of, you know, hey, it's Mexican, so the chihuahuas, ha ha, Mexican people. What a joke of a people they are, ha ha ha. Yes. Don't love that. Mm-hmm. Not a fan. Yeah. Uh, more on that later. Yes. Uh, next up, Bill DeMott beat a jobber via multiple power bombs. And I was thrilled, once again, conflicting information on databases because the jobber's name is either Pat Cusick or Matt Tucson. And it's unclear. <laughs> Real game of telephone with this guy. Real game of telephone. <laughs> so Pat or Matt or Mr. Cusick or Mr. Tucson, unclear. <laughs> you get hit with a bunch of power bombs. 
They on velocity. They love setting Buildemont up against nobodies, and then making Buildemont look like he's like Earthquake from 1990 or something. Like, they give, they make him look so powerful. He's just the the lamest guy. But solely on velocity. I mean, uh, you listen. Albert yes. was heating up on velocity for a while, and now he's uh, you know a train. Uh, although we did heat up Buildemont on SmackDown. Buildemont's doing the opposite of what a train did. He got heated up on SmackDown. Now he's on velocity. Albert got yeah. heated up on velocity. Now a train uh, running wild, Matt, on SmackDown. I have to say, I'm kind of impressed with what they did with A-Train because they really did. Like, he was meandering, and they kind of put the heat on him, and then things worked out decently, I think. Yes. Next up, uh, and this is something we'll hear more about in weeks to come here, Crash, who is now an mf with Shannon Moore. He rolled up Funaki for the 1-2-3 after Shannon Moore tripped Funaki up. And so before the match, Matt Hardy was backstage talking to Shannon about Crash and how he had some potential, apparently. So I believe next week's show we're going to see about that. So Crash Holly, only Crash. He's known by the mononym Crash. He will be... More prominent, and he will be an MF, and we will see where he goes. I forgot he was a Mattitude follower. Yeah. Yes. Uh, he might also be a moron, the Shannon Moore. If he follows follower. Shannon Moore, yeah. So who yeah. would who would Crash's followers be? Well, I mean, it's you're an MF or a moron, so it has to be something derogative, right? You have to be like a crash, a crash addict, crash addict, maybe like a, you're like a smack addict, like those like our wonderful listeners, of course. That's right. Our, all smack our smack addict. addicts out there. Yeah. You heard me. They're just mac addicts. Uh, so the, the main event of Velocity, I was decently impressed by this as a thing because Rhino defeated Canyon oh. with the gore after a decent little match. And before the match, Canyon got on the mic uh, to talk about how he got hurt 15 months ago, how he had to go to India to talk to a healer, and how he was told there's someone better than Canyon because often he asked the question, who better than Canyon? And he was told, well, there's somebody better than you. And so that's why he's here again on WWE programming to find that man who better than Canyon. They give him a story. And that's great. They did. I'm really, really glad. He's, you know, unfortunately, he's kind of in and out. He's, we'll see him a little bit more over the next few weeks uh, and maybe a couple months. But uh, they gave Canyon a little bit here. And I, watching the match, I, I, I liked it well enough. You know, he, I think a sign of a decent kind of encounter like that was that when Rhino first lined up the gore, uh, Canyon got away from it. So it's kind of like, okay, so he's got a little bit that he can. He can a little bit he can do. He's here, not just so. gonna, you know, stand there in the corner like anybody else yes. <laughs> as the crowd comes to their feet. What could they possibly be coming to their feet for? Yeah. Let's so turn he around. had a little bit a little bit of something there, which I appreciated there. So yeah, there was a main event of velocity, a proper little thing, which I thought was good. And that's what, yeah. That's what the fine folks in Norfolk, Virginia saw that night. And so now let's talk about this week's episode of SmackDown. Which I'm excited to get to. Uh, and we begin with a video recap of the number one contenders tournament, starting with the opening round. It is set to the song Remedy by the band Cold. Uh, oh, that's that the Backlash those... theme song. It is, as we find out later on. At first, I was like, what is this? Uh, it's a, I also it was like, like a full-on, it was like a full-on pay-per-view video package of, of last week's show. So. It was very impressively done. Remedy by the band Cold, or you mean, I could be just as easily convinced it was uh, Cold, Cold by the, by the band, band Remedy. Remedy, of course, yeah. Yeah, just, I love, I love those things there. <laughs> or you throw an album in there, too, and you're like, I don't know anything. You throw, you throw me three pieces of information I could not tell you. Off the bat, yeah. And so, uh, yeah, there's like you said, yeah, it's like a pay-per-view thing. There's some oomph to it, I think. They go through every kind of match up to this point, and they end with Benoit and Cena winning their semifinal matches and punk- punching their tickets to tonight's final. And then we get the Beautiful People intro, the classic SmackDown intro here. Shane McMahon being thrown through the glass at King of the Ring 2001 is still in there, and I think it will remain there. I mean, Matt Shane did somewhat involve himself in a SmackDown match at WrestleMania. He was there, and uh, you know we'll get a lot more Shane later in the year. Uh, I, sorry, I should correct myself. We won't, 
but uh, the WWE uh, universe, Matt, we'll we'll get some more Shane. Yeah, Hogan right. Hogan's out. Rock is still in the the Rock beautiful people in. video. I think I yeah. saw a little, very quick shots of Kidman not only doing a shooting star, but like him, um, like there with lights, you know, glaring across his face. You know, kind of that B roll okay, stuff. Different. That they do. I'm pretty sure I saw Kidman for like a, a hair of a second. That makes that's about what you expect from uh, Kidman to get there. So. Yeah. There it is. The fist explodes over the SmackDown set. We are live to tape at the Norfolk Scope. We get a graphic for the Cena Benoit match later on tonight. That will be our main event. And we begin with Rey Mysterio and Tajiri versus Big Show and A Train. Mm-hmm. Michael Cole calls Rey the flashy firecracker. I had that too, yeah. And Taz calls him the human highlight reel. And I was like, that sounds familiar. Right. I think someone else is using that name. <laughs> I think if he calls him like Stone Cold Rey Mysterio or something like that. <laughs> He's like, I feel like that's gimmick infringement there, Taz, but that's all right. Uh, Michael Cole points out that one of these teams is nearly 500 pounds heavier than the other one, which... It's true. Yeah, that's what you... These are very small people against very big people. It's almost like that was, uh, you know, arranged that way on purpose. Right. Yeah. It's almost like that's the appeal of the match. And so A-Train starts with Rey, and he tries to military press him, but Rey just flips out of it and drop kicks a seated A-Train. And then uh, Ray and Tajiri are both in there against A-Train. He pushes them both down, but they both kip up, which is a fun little move. Simultaneous there. double kip up was pretty cool. In stereo. Uh, Michael Cole said, and I, I hope, well, I hope you heard this too. He said that A-Train has a typewriter-like skull. That's what it was. I knew he said, I think I remember him having said that way back then. But watching it, it was like, he has a skull. I was like, what kind of, I was going to keep going with the show. But like, what? It didn't sound like anything that would resemble a skull or anything round. A typewriter-like skull. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I want to. this is where I want to get Tom Hanks on the podcast and say, look, I know you don't watch SmackDown all the time, but you know typewriters. Yeah, I, I watch SmackDown like crazy. What are you talking about? <laughs> I just watch SmackDown every also, week. Also, I have a question for you about Band of Brothers. And the <laughs> yeah, that's right. Is, yeah, have you ever heard of? Yeah. <laughs> I guess a typewriter, those just heavy, right? Like, is that maybe well, like, I would not want to get hit by a typewriter. No, you you've, you certainly wouldn't. He So he's got a typewriter skull. Big Show has a frying-like, uh, frying, frying pan-like pan like hand. hand. Also, <laughs> yes. you know, a typewriter makes a ding sound when you get to one end of it. And when you get hit mm-hmm. in the head bad enough, you get a concussion, you get your bell rung. So maybe that's what he's going for, Matt. Michael Cole, way <laughs> smarter than we give him credit for. <laughs> that's definitely what I was thinking there, too. <laughs> So Ray goes for 619, but Big Show just kicks him when he comes near the ropes on his side. So I like that. A tag match. You go, no, no. You can't just do your move you usually do. That's right. Yeah. Good strategy. Yeah. So Big Show slowly walks in. Yeah. And he grabs Ray. And he holds him in the air. And he tosses him in the corner. And then he tosses him out of the corner. And A-Train gets Ray up at a kind of gory special slash gory bomb kind of move there, which he's done, I think, with Benoit in recent weeks. And uh, he walks over to ropes. He lets uh, Big Show slap Ray's very exposed chest because with a gory bomb, you know, your arms are kind of behind the guy and your legs, you are totally exposed oh, to yes. any sort of yeah, yeah. slapping. And so he does, yeah, Big Show gets a very big slap in there with the frying pan hands. You know, you can, you can practically see the words Jamie Oliver stamped on Ray's chest after he gets slapped by them. And then A-Train... Drops down to the ground, uh, which would also be painful for it. I don't know, kind of a neck breaker sort of style thing. And he gets two from that. And so Ray gets beat up for a little bit. But then he gets a Tornado DDT on A-Train to get loose. And he tags into Jury for the hot tag. And so to Jury, he dodges a bicycle kick. And he hits his handspring elbow. And then he gets a springboard drop kick too. And I'm like, okay, so to Jury is kind of doing his best Ray impression here. He's starting to kind of, uh, he's taking a little bit of those characteristics on from him. Oh, yeah. And he can, and he can heat up uh, just as fast too. 
That's right. Just like the frying pan hand. Yeah. Up. And so Tajiri hits a buzzsaw kick on A-Train. And so you're like, okay, what's happening here? But then the Big Show breaks it up. Oh. And then there's kind of a fun moment here in this match yeah. here. Big Show grabs Ray, and then he, he holds him in the air, and then he holds him up with one hand. Yeah. For, for a decent um, amount of time. Yeah, which I do with my son, but he's seven months old. Well, so yeah, that's not as impressive. Ray's a seventh month old, the big show. So, you know, <laughs> exactly. we know Ray Mysterio has a has a son. I mean, he probably did that with Dominic, right? Um, or sorry, I maybe so. I should say Eddie did that with Dominic. Actually, wait a minute. Right. Sorry. <laughs> Kayfabe. Couple brother. Yeah, and so Taz, Taz keeps calling it like, this. This thing is he's palming Ray. Yeah, which I don't think is really accurate. I think to palm Ray, you have to. Grab him by the face, yeah, and lift him up without like. Well, he's t- hasn't show done else. that before, where he kind of palms somebody's skull and and uh, from from the floor to the apron, he he would reach over the top rope and do that. I believe that was. Uh, I think that's probably happened before. I think that's be- a big show. Obviously, it's it's how the guy just holds onto his wrist and the guy kind of you know pulls himself right, up. Yes, obviously, because that'd be quite a chiropractic adjustment if you pulled somebody up by their own head. Yes. But it was cool, and uh, it's the it right is. guy to do it to the right guy uh, in this match. Yes. And I, and I like seeing things like that because, uh, you know, I don't want to get too meta, but I enjoy the kind of thing of like, well, Ray must trust Big Show that he's letting him do that. And that's kind of a fun thing about wrestling is that you have to put your life in other people's hands. Well, Ray's also, so, he, he also has his, his hands on Big So if, say if Show is holding him up with his right hand, uh, Ray has his yeah. hands on his left shoulder, right? So he's kind right. of like uh, planking on, on top of him. Hey, right. watch the match. You know what I mean? It makes sense yeah, though, right? True. Like the guy, the guy being attacked does, is in the most control still. That's right. Yeah, that's a very good point. And I got to say, yeah, Big Show, surely Big Show will take care of Ray in this feud that is going to heat up here. At no point will there be anything not at where all. Big Show does not protect him. Not at all. I'm looking forward to where we go from here, man. <laughs> Speaking of getting your bell rung. Yeah. Uh, so Big Show drops Ray face first on the ground and then holds the jury in place so he can get bicycle kicked and pinned. So I like that. Essentially, he just kind of like holds him there so he can get bicycle kicked. And that is the end of Ray and Tajiri. Uh, they get they get pinned, and so after the match, A Train goes for a Baldo bomb. Then Tajiri misses him, which I liked. It's like good, Tajiri, get in there. Yes. Don't let him just have your way with him. Yeah, I like that. And then, so Big Show comes in, he knocks Tajiri over, and then A Train's outside the ring, and Big Show goes out there. And he's like, hey, what are you doing? He's walking with them, and then as he walks towards the ring post, Ray Mysterio flies by. He hits a kind of six one nine on Big Show. Yeah, and he knocks him over, and. It's kind of sold as more embarrassing for Big Show. He falls on his butt. His eyes are popping out of his head. Yeah, but it should probably uh, hurt him more than it should embarrass him. It is, I guess, is like his his finisher setup. So that's like kind of a for yeah. Ray, it's a one two punch. So he got hit by the one punch. Um, yeah, uh, but I guess also Big Show wasn't in a weakened state. He was at a very alert state, uh, having coming off a, a victory in the match where he was involved in the finish. So. It, they right. are treating it like it's embarrassing. I think Michael Cole Very said uh, that Mysterio embarrassed Big Show in front of a national television audience. I mean, I mean, and all the glorious people in the Norfolk scope in Virginia. So you don't, true. you know, Big Show. I think you know more than his his chest hurting or his head, whatever, wherever the the feet connected to him, and his butt hurting from hitting the the, the ground. Uh, his pride, Matt, I think, is, is hurt, uh, mm, most of all. Very wounded. Wounded yeah, pride. Yeah, you can tell by his eyes popping out. Yeah. <laughs> He's just great. He has a great crazy yeah. eye. Well, even on his entrance, he, he did a great crazy eye on this match. He did, indeed. And so we take a commercial break. We come back and see that during the break, Big Show is banging his head on some chain link fence. We see a little bit more chain link fence in this show episode as well. That's right. And and so A-Train's wiping his face because he's got misted, right? you got to take care of yourself that way. Yeah. And Big Show is mad that people laughed at him. 
and uh, he's going to demand that Stephanie give him a match against Ray. Demand. So yeah, that's, thank you. That's a very good impression. I like that. That was very good. Yeah, he did. Um, he does a great like soliloquy moment where he kind of is like looking off into the middle distance, like he's gonna walk into Steph's office and demand a match against that half pint. What do you call him? I wrote it down. Half pint masked freak, Matt. Freak. Mm. And I don't know if you noticed Ray's arms; they were looking a little peakier. So Ray's, yeah, exactly. So I know Scott Steiner's on a different show, but if Ray's a freak, you know, holler if you hear him. <laughs> Uh, well, that, that the idea that Ray is a freak is also get, we're going on a whole different angle there, yep. where maybe Ray might be associated in a more intimate situation with Scott Steiner. That's right, a freak. Yeah. I mean, they might be That's they right. might be together it's, as far as I know. Yeah. Uh, I also I like the idea of a wrestler being like, I'm going to demand a match against Ray, and it's like if you're Stephanie and a wrestler's demanding a match and it's not like going to go against book like, like what you have for like the, the title picture i think that's great don't you want that don't you want guys to go in and say i want to kick that guy's ass you're like yeah good that this is this is how i make the show this work what i want on smackdown this spirit of competition <laughs> brute this aggress- sound like lisa simpson uh it's also interesting oh, that gosh. steph gets mentioned here he's going to go to her office and uh demand uh, uh, something so maybe it's cut from the show matt but i'll spoil it she's not on the show She's not on the show. Good There's point. There's no footage of Big Show going. I mean, look, I don't have to see it. Obviously, we've seen right. so many people suspend your disbelief. Well, I know, but I think it's it's just odd to me that she gets mentioned and, and isn't even on the television program. It would have been so much better. Big Show was like, "I'm gonna go to Stephanie's office, who's definitely here. I she's, promise I saw you, her before. She's not <laughs> somewhere <laughs> else." <laughs> Start the segment. He's like, Stephanie, get back here. You see, like, I don't know, like a like brown hair go around a corner. He's like, oh, Stephanie, she was just here talking to me. <laughs> no, also, I'm so he, mad. He's exiting a room as we come back for a commercial break. A woman's hand is shaking his his hand with the with the suit, you know, a, a suit jacket on. Thanks, yes. Stephanie, for the match. That was definitely He's going to get it a backlash. Yeah. Can you believe she used to be married to Triple H? We just talked about that. <laughs> Extensively. <laughs> So it's a good detail there, uh, and so yeah, so we'll see. We will see if Stephanie, who is definitely here, makes a match between Big Show and Ray. Well, we, it gets announced. We don't see it, but it is official. It does come up later. That's right. And so Michael Cole is in the ring when we return to the ring. A weird moment to see Michael Cole there. He's wearing a coat. Then good for him. He's wearing a coat. He's announcing Brock Lesnar, and so Brock comes out. Comes out oh, of the ring. Brock is everyone's favorite version of Brock. Matt, what's he doing on his yes. way to the ring? Oh, is, he, is he smiling? Oh, he's smiling. He's a happy he's, dude, Matt. He's a face now. Smiling he's a good happy. Dude. You're going to smile, damn it. Show me those pearly whites. He's smiling. He's happy. He's a happy dude. But when he gets to the ring, well, I think he might be happy because we're about to have something new for him. That's something that, that is very exciting for him. That's why he's so I happy. I think so. I do because, like a reason. Because, because yeah. Yes. Folks, you may you may know that when Brock Lesnar kind of famously, when he gets to the ring, he will hop onto the apron from the ground. Mm-hmm. Something that you know other people don't don't do. Maybe they could, but they definitely don't. Paul Heyman tried such it. A freak he, he jumped on the bottom step of the steps one time. Yes, that was very cute. Was and right. so he jumps up, he grabs the rope, and kind of pulls back there at the same time. And this time, when he does that, boom! There's pyro shooting out four out of all four turnbuckles. Very cool. Good detail. Somebody deserves a slap on the back for thinking about that. Yeah, it's great detail. It, and and, and Brock a little bit more. Oomph. I like it. They've even, uh, you know, in recent years, he even when he does his like kind of flex on the apron or on the apron on the stage, right when he comes out, they have a big explosion there, and they have explosion when he jumps to the post. But it is funny when you're like when you're used to seeing it. Um, it it you know Matt in the lead up to this, we watched a 
bunch of Brock Lesnar matches and entrances and stuff. And just when he jumps on yes. the apron, it's just nothing happens. This is weird. Yeah. So it's, it's cool it to see it back. It feels a little bit flat. It feels it's very like flat. flat. Yeah. It's like, here he is. Cool. All right. Let's wrestle. Oh. Someone's like, we should make the WWE champion have a little bit more, uh, you know, a little bit of chutzpah, I think would make sense here. So That's right. There we go. So Michael Cole is going to be interviewing Brock Lesnar here in the ring. And he says, Brock would do anything for the title. And he did. He tried the shooting star press. And so, again, for probably, what is this, three straight weeks, we, we see at multiple angles with shooting star press again. At least they're not hiding from, uh, from a botch. They're making it a big story thing. So, you know, it, it's... It, I'm, I'm okay. I'm actually okay with it. I'm not like, I can't believe they're yeah. exploiting this man's injury. It's like, look, he tried and he went for it. What an amazing thing. It didn't work. And, uh, you know, and, and he's not dead. The amazing thing is he's not dead. Now, Brock's reaction to this. <laughs> what does he say, Matt? He laughs it off. He does. Well, because, well, he, he, hit, he hit his noggin. He landed on his noggin and i get listen i yes. get what he's trying to be he's trying to be like yeah landed on my old noggin silly me anyway but, but also like the minnesota thing too right i think it's a little bit of the do you know i think that's what it is I, that's like a little yes. bit of the, oh I, I i think so but it's also like this is you know from well, don't you know from who he was to what he's becoming is 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 a far cry uh uh you know he's he's, he's a beast he's a he's a darn beast matt and he's saying he landed on his noggin Anyway, he, yeah, but he also well, he thanks the Lord for surviving. So he's a good Christian man. Christian man as well. Yes, there you go. Exactly. The, the detail we've always had for that. Uh, <laughs> he, said he, was, he, he was he was knocked unconscious, but he was lucky. That's right. And Brock, he, he says, you know, Kurt kicked out of two F5s, which is tough. Which is hurt. And is also not true. Uh, did he not? He, I thought he, he kicked he, out of one. He kicked out of the one. And then when right. Brock hit the next one, he didn't cover. And then they were like, where's he, he going? What's he doing? So didn't right. like that inaccuracy. This, by the way, like no, no. Can, can I just say, I think Brock might have just might have a justification for not clearly remembering the details of that match. Oh, which is fine, <laughs> but but also like it would have been like in his, I think it is promo script or something. Like somebody, like people who had eyes somebody should on have said it something. should should like be fact checking. He's like sure. a politician. He needs, he needs fact checkers. He's a fact checker. Um, he's giving such a WWE promo here, man. Oh, big time! It is yes. such they're, they're a Vince McMahon wrote this promo anyway no, i gotta i gotta say i like the detail of him saying you know like i needed to do something else because it wasn't we it wasn't getting the job done i need something else to take down kurt and so that makes sense i mean he could have almost said that if the shooting star press worked it would also be like well, why'd you do that that's crazy you did that and it's like i just needed some i need some more oomph to it too no I, I i get him explaining listen you don't see a lot of promos talking about why someone did a move in a match it's kind of old school and it's kind of cool that that's like fine. It. Uh, it's just yes. this is just such a, a long-winded WWE promo to me. Yes, and th- but then I think it gets a little bit better here in a second. And so Michael Cole asked Brock about Kurt Angle, and so Brock starts talking about directly to Kurt about the respect he has for him. And then John Cena's music hits. Oh yeah, and John Cena he comes down, and John Cena looks disgusted. Yeah. Now, in the episode description for this, will. We're told, and I'm going to do a direct quote here, and it's, you alluded to this earlier, or you, you said something very similar to this earlier. Okay. This, we're told John Cena confronts the, the beast. beast. Yeah, another yes. uh, a classic WWE Network uh, anachronism here. So weird, exactly. It's anachronism. Brock is not called the Beast at this time at all. I don't believe he's called the Beast at any point during his original run. No, not until 2012. Yeah. They, I think they, they, uh, so they probably called him a freak, like Lars Sullivan. They called him an oh, animal, yeah. like Dave Batista. But they called him everything, I think, except for the Beast. Uh, well, they called. I remember when when he was feuding with Big Show at one point. One time, Michael Cole calls Big Show a beast, and I was like, "Well, that's 
you were so close to what we to, <laughs> Just to so many shirts. Yeah, and they, interestingly enough, during that feud, they called uh, Brock Lesnar the Doctor of Thugonomics. I thought that was weird. I thought that it was, was strange. That was it so was specific really quite and strange. so strange. That's right, and we're only a few months away from uh, when Kurt Angle comes back, and they call him the Big Dog, <laughs> which is good. He punches Kurt Angle, punches the stage, and explodes. Exactly. Yes, and he's uh, yeah. I don't know why the Tribal Chief. I, that's a funnier joke. If you haven't called Kurt Angle the Tribal Chief, sorry. Let's go back to that one. I'm again. the freaking and Tribal th- Chief. <laughs> uh, now I need now I need Kurt back. To we need that. Yeah, we need the Tribal Chief. Yeah. Just job job out in two minutes to uh, the front headlock. Uh, anyway. So Cena comes down, and like I said, Cena looks disgusted, and uh, he he says, you know, he's completely he's getting no respect. He says, you know, he says, Brock, you couldn't have had a concussion from your shooting star press because you need a brain to get a concussion. Yeah, so he continues the you're stupid line. He's he's Michael yeah. Cole is gone at this point too. Can I just right like Michael Cole has vacated the ring? I think they say something like, I didn't want to get in the middle of all that. Right. <laughs> Which is you so know, dainty. Which is <laughs> like heavens, heavens to Murgatroyd. I can't believe my stars and stripes. Oh my! Yeah, John Cena says and, he uh, watched his shooting star botch four hundred times, <laughs> which I actually believe because John Cena, very, very, could. you know, very adamant student of the game. Now, in fairness, he could have watched it two hundred times just by watching WWE programming over the last few weeks. He would have had a first two hundred views at least just by watching views, that. Yeah. So he says, you know, you might think Cena's a one-hit wonder, but at Backlash, you're going to find out that Brock is, in fact, a one-hit wonder. Yeah, John Cena called John Cena- himself the Vanilla Ice wannabe. He's like, you think I'm just a Vanilla right. Ice wannabe, which, again, is like Vince McMahon, like, who's the white rapper? Right. It's like, well, again, the Eminem thing is right there. Please just make the Eminem. They have an Eminem poster done for before. Him. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he, John Cena says he's bigger than anyone. He's bigger than any title. Yes, he's bigger What's than Brock, that? the people, the WWE title. That sets somebody off. Oh. Benoit's music, Chris Benoit comes down to the ring. He's the first of two murderers to show up on the television show tonight. He walks down, oh, and he's here to make the match at Backlash a little less obvious there. Yeah, so it's, Benoit, it's still obvious. Yeah, so, yeah, so anyway, we'll talk about this uh, at, at the end. Yeah. So Benoit says, Sita has no respect. He's getting ahead of himself. He's got to beat Benoit here tonight, and he's the best damn technical wrestler in the world. Yeah. And Benoit says, no man, no one is bigger than the title. And you have to respect that even if you don't respect the man wearing it. Oh, now, record scratch. I like this little turn. To be honest with you, this caught me off guard. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I, part, I'm just going to say, first off, I like this segment more than anything really that's happened in the last couple weeks because Lesnar is a major part of it. He, in the last couple of weeks, he's kind of been backgrounded as he was injured and he's not part of the tournament. He's not really feuding with someone in a real way. And so I, I didn't really like that. But now he's more front and center, which I, I, I like that there's like some proper juice to this. And so, yes, so Benoit says you have to respect the title, even if you don't respect the guy wearing it. And Brock goes, does that mean you don't respect me? Mm. And Benoit asks if Brock respects him. Oh. And Cena interrupts, and he says, you should respect me. Yeah, oh. And Brock says they should settle on respecting who wins tonight. And so Brock shakes Cena's hand, and Cena takes it reluctantly. I'm kind of surprised that uh, – because, I mean, Cena, Cena spent the last, like, two months being like – Brock Lesnar, I hate your guts and think yes! about killing you every day of the week. Exactly. Like, like, every day. His dear Brock, I still, I'm still rapping to you, but you never call. Um, you should have done that. Why didn't you do that? You should have done like, a stand. Around. No, you should have done exactly. it. Yeah, yeah. And then have like a Don Marie do some sort of Dido impression there. Um, I can be good. Jim Johnson could have written something up. Why, could be great. Why Don Marie? <laughs> I don't know. I just was like, who's somebody who's not doing anything right now? Right. Sadly, Don Marie. Don Marie's been, been big time by Sable. That's the problem is that Sable is rehashing the Don Marie feud. Oh, man. Beat for beat. Okay, sorry. Let's get back to the main thing here. So, so yes, Cena shakes Brock's hand, even though it doesn't really make any sense. No. And then Brock then turns to Benoit, who's a bit more reluctant for some reason. 
And as soon as they shake hands, Cena immediately hits Benoit, knocks him over. So not a lot of respect there. Yeah, Taz was saying that uh, it wasn't really to, like, you know, injure him or hurt him. It was just to send a message that uh, yes. Cena can get one up on uh, on Chris Benoit. So that that's, uh, Matt, you brought it up, the John Cena thing. Uh, yeah, I was thinking that. I was like, well, yeah, John has been after Brock for two months. Why didn't he just say, you know, I'm going to win this match because I've been saying I want a piece of you and now I'm going to get it. Uh, yeah, I can earn my way to this. I can earn my way to it. I mean, it's pretty obvious uh, if he's the first guy to come out and interrupt. It's kind of obvious to me that he's going to uh, win this main event match because he's been the one, you know, hyping up Brock Lesnar feud. Um, do we right. ever get a Brock Lesnar-Chris Benoit one-on-one match? We do. We get one in, I believe it's December 2003. It's a decent TV match. Okay. But uh, I That's think a that a proper... Though. Benoit Lesnar program could have been something quite nice. Obviously, that was uh, in the consideration for uh, WrestleMania 19 when it seemed like Kurt Angle couldn't wrestle there. I said obviously. Now, I'm only saying obviously because we talked about it on the show before. It's not obvious from, you know, but like you can't just look at him and go, of course, that was going to happen. But that was possibly going to be one of the five major matches at WrestleMania 19. It did not materialize there. So I think the most we forget is, yeah, like a, you know, 12 to 14 minute TV match later on in the year, which is not bad. And I'm looking forward to talking about it on the podcast. Yeah. So. Yeah, again, to me, it's very obvious who's who's gonna win this. Um, yeah. And yeah, the Brock. Um, I don't think Brock comes off great here. I mean, we found out uh, later that the talking really isn't Brock's strong suit, and uh, right. you know, everybody wants respect in the in the match, and we'll respect who wins tonight. And sure, that that that's fine, but um, it's not uh, it's not fantastic. I mean, especially when you have Cena doing. Um, uh, kind of the heavy lifting talking is Benoit again. Yeah, the best damn technical wrestler. Uh, not 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 the best talk segment, but not bad. Yeah, I I think they did okay, despite being not great on the mic. I, I did note that Brock and Benoit are not not, not the, the best, best. there. I like Cena's "Hey, respect me" energy too. Mm-hmm. I like that he kind of had a take on it, which was just like, "You should respect me." But it's like I and I like it when it's like aspirational. Like, well, they don't really have a reason to do so at this point. Yes. Um. So I like I like that a- attitude a- aspect of it there, and just the fundamentals of like I like when the WWE champion is front and center on a major program. So oh yeah, that's good. So we take a commercial break, and we come back. There's kind of a strange moment. Mm-hmm. Strange for a couple reasons, because Michael Cole and Taz are talking about a promo that we haven't seen about Mr. America. Mm -hmm. And it's strange that it's cut, because there's another promo for him later on. Which I can assume is just the same same ad, because they air the same Backlash ad twice. They do air the same Backlash. So that's the interesting thing, because it's like, is it the same ad? Because, or did this first ad feature something that they didn't want to show again? I don't know what it would be. I don't know what they could be to be controversial or what it would be that they didn't want to show it. But they're talking about Mr. America ad. We don't know what Mr. America is at this point. You will find out definitely in the weeks ahead. We were going to talk about oh, it. Oh, yeah. Um, but it was strange. Strange it's cut out here. We'll talk about the actual content of it when it shows up later in the show because it does show up for some reason. I couldn't find a video version of it online. I we I think it's reasonable to assume it's the same one, but it could also be different. So next up after that uh, is Eddie Guerrero brought coming to the ring with Chavo. He's going up against Jamie Noble, who's coming with Nidia here. And so we're told that Los Guerreros will finally get a rematch against Team Angle for the tag t- titles at Backlash. They lost the titles to Los Guerrero, uh, to, sorry, to Team Angle in February. It is April, just to be clear. So it yeah. has been months. Now, yeah. I think I thought Los Guerreros' spot at WrestleMania was kind of because they had a, a no rematch up to that point. But uh, yeah, we were taking fully two months to get to the uh, to get to a rematch for them. Um, 
So there we go. So Ting Angle will come out before the match because they're not in the match. It's against Jimmy Noble. And uh, they're essentially racist to Eddie. So Shelton does a Mexican accent. Yeah. And Charlie Haas, uh, I think he calls it, is it Eddie's grandmother the best housekeeper they've had before? He's the She's the best housekeeper money can buy. And Taz doesn't yeah. understand why Shelton was talking funny. Yes. Michael like, what are you talking like, that? like He was doing a Mexican accent. He's like, ooh. Oh, okay. There you go. So yeah. Let's, mm. Really awful. Really awful, Matt. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I mean, is it is it better because it's a man of color who's who's doing that? You know, like I'm gonna have to say, <laughs> can no, he get away with but, it more? You know, who I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so Eddie Guerrero is distracted by this, so Jimmy Noble takes uh, the opportunity to hit him, and so Team Angle decide they're gonna set up and watch the match on the ramp, and so Noble controls for most of the match before Eddie's uh, quote unquote Latino temper helps him take over the vertical suplex. I'm gonna make it clear that Michael Cole explicitly credited the Latino temper, and it's okay because so Michael Cole is saying it. It's okay. Exactly. <laughs> Uncle is a man of no color whatsoever. He's from the Caucasus region of Turkey. Uh, Noble reverses an Irish suple- uh, an Irish suplex, an Irish whip Ooh. Uh, into a com- into a complicated between the leg pump handle suplex thing, which I kind of liked. So yeah. Like kind of goes. I think it goes kind of underneath him, and he pulls it up, and, and it's kind of fun. I like that. Yep. And so Eddie gets a side and back suplex and heads up top, and Nidia grabs him, but Chavo gets her away. Jimmy Noble pops up to meet Eddie on the top rope. Eddie pushes him down, hits the frog splash, and gets the one, two, three. How long was this match? Like four minutes? Oh, it was very short. I mean, I, I often will look at the match length now because it's like it's there's such a market difference in match length from before mm-hmm. uh, Heyman left to now. Uh, this was just shy of three minutes. It was 258. <laughs> okay. 258. Uh, and it's your former not, not sh- champion. Not the shortest match on the show. Uh, there are no. Four, there are, yeah. One's, one's way not shorter. One's way shorter and one's even and also shorter there, too. And so uh, Team Angle, they look unimpressed because they didn't want Eddie to win. And so they go to leave. So this, is, so gr- this on- is great, too. Yeah, yeah this is great, yeah. too. Man. <laughs> I mean, we're just So Eddie gets really... on the mic. And, oh, and I was like, okay, well, you know, the good thing is that now that Eddie's in control, we're not going to hear anything that goes against un- the un- yeah, uh, people. Of course, yeah. And so he says, hey, look, you know, we respect Team Angle. You guys are great wrestlers. You're always taking each other down. And then he says, I heard you guys actually go down on each other a lot. Oh, and Chavo says, yeah, you bring a new meaning to you suck. And Norfolk, Virginia loves it. Just can't get away from it. If it's not racism, it's homophobia. Oh, yeah. On SmackDown in 2003. You'll be racist to us. We'll be homophobic to you. (laughs) And an eye for an eye, brother. It's all good. You guys are gay, which is the worst thing you could be. (laughs) Remember Billy and Chuck? Oh, man. Okay. Good thing the so FBI Angle, fixed Chuck. Team Angle cannot abide this, of course. Uh, and so they storm the ring, and Los Carreros knock them down. Yeah. Um, I would say I, I, something I've pointed out before. I'm glad you mentioned Chuck there, Will. I still think it would be funny if uh, when, when, during the FBI segments, Chuck just did things that were like, he, that he was still like coming across as like the stereotypically gay guy, but he's like trying to like hide it or they're trying to ignore it kind of thing. Yeah. Like he's like, they're like talking about like, Oh, you see that guy who looked at us the wrong way. And Chuck's like, yeah, can you believe he wore those shoes? Like, All right. <laughs> right. Chuck. Yeah. And he's just like, right. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm trying to come out of this. Got to figure this He's like, we're going to knock off this uh, truck full of uh, old televisions. Like, yeah. And then uh, Gucci handbags. Actually, those would be to sell them. He's like, uh, yeah, yeah sell them keep sure. one, you know, it's, it's like, a, it's like a, a trophy. Yeah. Keep two. One for the weekend. Oh, that'd be great. That's the kind of nuance I expected in 2003. Oh, yeah. Some 2000. Oh, this show is all about yeah. nuance. 
There's no, yeah, there's no escaping this stuff. Anyway, and we're just going to keep pointing it out, you know? We're, not, we have not, to point not, it out. we're good, shining the light, yeah. man. We're going to shine a light in yeah. the darkness. We're not going to be, uh, we'll, we'll be not afraid, or we'll, we'll don't be afraid. I wrote that catchphrase down wrong. Sorry. Yes. Speaking of. Before we get to that. Yes. That. <laughs> there's a Goldberg, Goldberg Rock video package for Backlash. There's a heavy emphasis on Goldberg, and they, 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 they said it a couple weeks ago in the package, too. They, they said he, he was in exile for two years, which I love. He's, he's, he's an exile just cashing checks. He had guaranteed money. Yes. Like, I, w- I will take that exile in the day of the week. I can just get listen, I'm, I'm, two years and sit on my keister. I won't crap on the guaranteed money, guys. That's that's why they got guaranteed money for. It's like, give me my money. Great. Yeah. I'm set for two years. And now I got to go back and wrestle a couple times. And then I'll have a son and wrestle again and again and again. There you go. What's uh? What? Okay. This also is one of those promos. and They love doing this at the time where they had like a rock soundbite. And it's Rock saying something really funny. I forget what it is. You see, like, just, just bring, bring it. it. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoy that. So that comes up. And and as Will alluded to earlier, this exact video package shows up again later on. Yes. Uh, and I don't know why. Like, on, on the WWE Network, if I'm not mistaken, this is an hour 26. And, you know, for the longest time, these shows were an hour 24. So they don't need to add time to these ma- these shows. I don't know why they're doing this. I I, I don't know either. Maybe some stuff just sneaks through the cracks. One thing I will say, if I, if I yep. don't get to say it before Backlash, is uh, Backlash is home to the, uh, obviously, the Rock-Goldberg uh, match. Very big match. Again, I, I mentioned on shows previous that The Rock comes back for three pay-per-view matches. It is Stone Cold, pardon me, Hulk Hogan, Stone Cold, and Goldberg. He takes them all yeah. on uh, one, two, three, and uh, Rock has an all-timer promo at uh, Backlash. So enjoy that when it comes. Looking forward to. Oh it. yeah. Uh, and so next up, we have a video from Larazy Stones. And Larazy Stones, I would say, are they called that uh, here though? I don't think. I'm not sure that they I are. Think they had they, a name. They're, they're, Last week it was uh, Le, Le Nouveau Mon, Monda. Oh man, I Matt, you did French. Le, Le Nouveau Monda. Let's actually just saying, you know, the world the news. World news yeah. Um, they, they're Sylvain Grenier and Rene Dupree. They're their title as such. Uh, and now I'm just going to point this out right here is that essentially this video package is them essentially spouting talking points that a democratic congressman could spout today. They're essentially <laughs> just making incredibly valid criticisms of American culture and foreign policy. Like these guys are like, they're totally in the Bernie or AOC lane as like, they are mainstream Democrats at this point. Because they would have, saying... they would be fire on Twitter, man. They would be yes. posted retweeting this and a finger pointing up or a finger pointing down at whatever they're retweeting. And, uh, oh, they, yeah. they'd be all over it, man. They'd be, they'd be great. They'd be great. Yes. Hundred percent. They'd just be getting, yeah. They'd be like living for AOC retweets, right? So, you know, because all they're, they're just they're making incredibly valid criticisms of American culture and foreign policy in 2003, which now is accepted in wide swaths of American public life and around the world. They call uh, Americans imperialists. They say proper international decisions get made at the UN, not in the Oval Office. Uh, and they say, nay, Popper, don't be afraid. So, like, honestly, if you showed that video now, they would just get, like, especially, if, like, in Canada or somewhere else, they would just get, they would be huge baby faces. They'd be the baby They'd face of the right. century. Absolutely. Right. Uh, so, yeah, you say that would fly nowadays, Matt. Still probably not in WWE uh, as a character. Right. So, La Resistance, we know Sylvain is Canadian. We 100% know this. We do. Uh, I guess maybe it's not obvious that they're both billed from France. Uh, we know Rene Dupree is Canadian as well, but but we just know that because, you know, we know wrestlers. But Sylvain literally right. came out as – he came out as Canadian, Matt, um, a couple of months ago. That, yes, that's what he came out as. He came Canadian, out as Canadian, sure. yeah. 
And I will keep pointing out that Rene Dupree here is 19 years old. I was going to say, he's like seven, isn't he? He's like he's so, so incredibly young. 19. He has to be like is, one of the youngest guys they've ever had, right? Well, he is less than a year older than you. Yeah. No, he's 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 crazy. Uh, it's absurd. Crazy young at, at the time. Like really crazy young. Uh, I mean, he, yeah. he's got an incredible look. And I don't remember how he was in the ring. Sure. I think he was okay. But also like he was 19. Okay. How good can he be? You know, like yeah, exactly. Um, wait, how? Well, he's hey, he's 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 uh, you know, maritime wrestling royalty in a lot of ways. Oh, I mean, no, the guy totally is like, is. yeah. We, you and I should be worshiping Rene Dupree as you know the, the next chosen one for for our territory if territory still existed. In the well, same way. we would have at the. I think we would have at the time, Matt. Maybe we saw these guys come out at Raw. I don't know. I mean, wait. Yeah. Also, there's that. Right. Do these guys ever yeah. show up on SmackDown? I don't think so. I guess they had no idea, right? So this like showing the the ad for them. Uh, they don't do. Maybe a, they should have been here. They should give have some ta- give a tag team or something. I don't know. They that need a good. tag team. I mean, maybe they, sh- they should have done a Scott Steiner style. You know, choose which show to to go on, uh, kind of thing. But right. uh, not not so with La Resistance. Who? Correct me if I'm wrong, Matt. This is after France said they would not join the war in Iraq. Is that it? I believe so. Well, you know, uh, there was the SmackDown a few weeks ago where it was <laughs> the SmackDown was the day they invaded Iraq, yeah, so yeah, they was, were not part March, of the coalition uh, of the willing at the time. Yeah, it was March twenty uh, something. Something. It was, the, one, it was the go home show for WrestleMania, right? I believe so. Yeah, there's <laughs> it's still, still the relics of that on the WWE Network in a very funny way to have this very strong American thing. You're like, what's happening here? Well, there's there's it's, something later know. on the show too. Um, yeah. Very. But anyway, the, all that to say, um, <laughs> you just. Vince saw that France didn't want to join the war. They're they're naming French fries Freedom Fries, and they're mm-hmm. just like, well, obviously, I need this evil French tag team uh, who uh, makes who hates America, makes fun of America. I'm gonna have a guy named Mister America. I'm gonna have a tag team that hates America. Earlier last year, we had a team called the Un-Americans uh, that were obviously quite evil, uh, and the Undertaker takes up the flag whenever he gets the chance. That's right, and. Now, of course, you know, they've totally changed in recent years. They would never do anything to allude to recent events. They wouldn't have a team that comes out and uh, is doing things way. that are kind of like yeah. Antifa or anything like yeah, that. No, of um, course not. No, no, no. You know what would been great? You know what? They totally missed this opportunity. It would be great if they had a, a group of wrestlers yep. who uh, wore red hats yep. and uh, wore, like, you know, scarves with American flag stuff. And they just kept interfering in matches they couldn't actually change the outcome of. <laughs> <laughs> just like just run into the ring. Hey, no. By <laughs> no, Bray Wyatt actually won this match. Bray Wyatt won this Bray match. Is... I know why I think <laughs> Bray. Like I think of his like Firefly Funhouse character. If he had that kind of hat, was that kind of uh, that kind of guy? Oh man, oh, I, think, I mean that was the undercurrent of the Firefly Funhouse character is that he did seem a little bit MAGA. Do you know what I mean? Like, he had a little bit of the uh, yeah. You're kind of like yeah, okay. Don't don't ask this guy. You know, there's certain people you're like, uh, you you have questions about. You're like, I don't think we should ask this guy. This guy's <laughs> let's just leave him. I don't like where, where it goes with that. So, so after the Larazzi stance, there Taz calls out the international flavor of tonight's offerings between the French, Mister America, Los Guerreros, the FBI. Um, Taz feels like he's back in NATO. Michael Cole corrects him and says, "You mean the UN?" He's like, no, NATO. Yeah. Again, I feel important to point out Los Guerreros, uh, of course, Latino men, uh, but American. Yeah. Thoroughly. They are American men. Um, from from, that's from uh, uh, San Antonio. No, it's not San El Paso. Antonio. El Paso. Thank you. Sorry. I was like, Texas, right. Porter Town. What's it called? That's right. Big Show and Ray is confirmed for backlash. So the card is shaping up decently here. We got a little bit more to it. We're also, we also see that Nathan Jones and Nunzi are going to t- tussle later tonight. 
So we're two weeks from, or I guess yeah, two weeks or ten days from Backlash. Days, yeah. This is the first episode they've shown a Backlash like graphic. Correct. Yes, when they showed Brock uh, over a Backlash graphic earlier in the night. Yes, I was like, oh, there it is. Yeah. It I was like. like, oh, good. Ten days away, we we decided we're going to do a pay per view show too. Yeah, I mean, they really kind of um, first couple weeks there really felt like kind of WrestleMania. It, it was hangover. a total WrestleMania hangover. Absolutely mad, which yeah. I get. And so they show a video package that uh, which shows the conflict between the FBI and Nathan Jones and the Undertaker. Yeah. The FBI accused Nathan Jones of theft, and then some. Let me get the air quotes ready here. Some police arrest Nathan Jones. Undertaker. And the FBI beat up Taker and help him uh, help beat Cena last week. I just to make it crystal clear, when I say police. Will, can you describe what these guys are wearing or wh- how they carry themselves? These guys, they're just guys with shirts. Uh, yeah, these guys just from black shirts. Just guys from Chicago with shirts and under. So Nathan Jones, you talked about this last week, but Nathan Jones is getting takeaway. And Jericho's like, "Oh, oh, you're questioning him? Why? Because he did time. Is that why?" <laughs> very, also, Matt, very interesting to see the Undertaker confronting police officers. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Like Undertaker, you hear it's so weird because if you go back and you listen to the clip with the audio up and you have headphones on, he says A cab, which was interesting. I thought it was really he's interesting. Changes the time tune in recent years, but he did say A cab. It's true. It was crazy. At the time, I mean, the guy was, yeah, no, he was real, you know, like real into social. Because I've heard him, you know, he does promos later on in the year about um, universal, um, uh, oh, I forget what the, what is that called? Universal salaries or whatever. Uh, <laughs> he wants to cancel <laughs> student debt. Man. Yeah. Yes, exactly. He, he complains about that. That's so why yes, they buried him alive sh- at Survivor Series. Like, we got to get this guy out of here. arrest Nathan Jones, even though he appeared to be like, the, the guys, if you went to like a Second Amendment protest, the guys who were like all in uh, tactical gear, but are not cops at all. Like, it's a very similar kind of vibe here. Just guys, I, think, I don't know if they, they couldn't get cop uniforms or what, but just like, there's just two guys who just seem like jerks who are harassing Nathan Jones. Yeah. And, and Undertaker is quickly showing all of his, uh, you know, Democratic Socialist cred. <laughs> Uh, and so after we see the video there, Cole quickly mentions that Undertaker is out for a few weeks with an elbow injury. So yes. Taker, we're going to say a bit adieu to for a little while. Which reminded me why we didn't see him in uh, Halifax. That's right. I, like, I, I didn't think about I that. I don't remember seeing Halifax. him, but I think he was around. I guess that's why. The answer is that he wasn't. And we see a clip from earlier tonight where Nathan Jones conf- uh, confronts Nunzio backstage. He, he holds him against some other chain. I don't know if it's the same chain link or a different chain link. I think it's the exact same spot where Big Show was. Yeah, TV. they just had the tripod that's- still there with the camera on it. Uh, it's, just, it's just a dramatic little space. This is pretty impressive, Matt. Speaking of uh, palming mm-hmm. a guy, Jones has Nunzio up by his neck, and obviously Nunzio's holding himself up by holding yeah. onto his wrist. The angle they're using, Nathan Jones's arm looks like it weighs 200 pounds. It's enormous. It's huge. His arm, his arm looks, looks enormous. enormous. His tricep is horseshoeing, and it is it is a boulder. <laughs> Coming out of his shoulder, holding up Nunzio. Nunzio's doing a great job selling it, too. He's drooling. He looks uh, He looks uh, very distressed. He might actually be being choked there. I don't know. Good point. Yeah, not, not exactly the safest worker, Nathan Jones, this time. He's he's holding him out there by the neck, and he's saying, you set me up last week, which is like, yeah, we saw you get very set up. We know that's the case. <laughs> And then uh, Nunzio's like, like, he's kind of choking, gasping for the other guys to show up. And so uh, they do, they run up, but uh, Nathan Jones takes them out very handily. I say. Incredibly easy. Johnny and Chuck try to save him, comma, fail. Very much fail. And uh, you know what? I think Nathan Jones should maybe consider using a choke slam as a finisher. He can clearly do it. And yeah. he's got a connection with the Undertaker. I think it makes, so I think be- it makes sense that he doesn't steal a last rider or a tombstone. It's, yeah. it's, and the choke slam, quite ubiquitous. You know, Paul White did one. Uh, Matt, I, I don't want to date the show again, but he did one recently on Dynamite. So, uh, right. you know, the guy can still go. I knew signing him, Matt, would be a big deal, and it looks like it's paying off for uh, 
That's all right. And I, you know what? I'm glad that he there's no more BS with him. <laughs> no That's more. a good thing. Somebody online pointed out they're like the interesting you say no more BS because the same guy is doing your theme again. It's so. the same guy. Oh, same it's guy. my favorite. We we just to say that it's Big Show. It's it's, it's Paul White. It's obviously him. Like with his, you know, Paul White does his own theme is a, a, a lovely little uh, online thing. Well, you know, yeah, you know that um, that commercial for Apple, right, where all the producers and musicians are playing on their on their computers. Big Show's there. He's actually on his uh, iMac and he's you know tuning up the sliders and uh, you know it's like black and white. and He's a creator. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, he's got one. You know, kind of he's doing that. Yeah. I can't wait for the next the next iPhone event where Big Show's just like, yeah, I really I love what they've done with the, the new uh, iOS. I could it's big enough for a guy like me. <laughs> the, yes, the iPhone uh, big, the iPhone big, <laughs> the iPhone big. Hey, it's me again, Tom Hanks. Remember me from? Oh gosh, <laughs> <laughs> Tom Hanks coming back on the podcast. Love to see well, it. He said big. Ah, oh, love to hear it. You're right. Uh. You're right. You know. It just—it's like a real Joe versus the volcano moment. Anyway, um, I can't—I can't. I don't want to make these. Yeah, next time we get to see two bosom buddies, Tori Wilson oh, and Sable. Yeah, uh, that might work a little bit too well. Yes. So yes, okay. did. So something I said in last week's podcast, which uh, you, you will all will all have heard, will would not have heard it up to this point just yet, is that the closest thing I can compare to this Tori Wilson Sable storyline to is. I feel like they're going for kind of a '90s erotic thriller vibe. Do you get Do you get that when I'm when like I'm going Wild with Things or something? Or yeah, like, yeah, Wild Things is a good example. Fun, like Fatal Attraction or like Basic Instinct. Like, like just the, like it's kind of going for those tropes and like how these women or especially Sable is you know interacting with these people. That's it's very kind of like the most respectful way to put it, Matt. I got a four letter word for it. Starts with a P, ends with Orn. And it's just, <laughs> yes. and, and it also is. like you alluded to earlier, we, we already did this with Tori where a woman comes up. It's like, you know, Tori, you're uh, not a hot piece of kind of a hot dish yourself. But I do like Matt, you know, uh, in this age of, um, uh, you know, the, the, the raw and the SmackDown after WrestleMania, Matt, in recent years, big deal, right? Very big deal. Yes. Always returns mm-hmm. or maybe somebody from NXT gets called up. It's very exciting for all the fans there. So what did we get on Monday Night Raw, Matt? We got Goldberg. We knew he was coming. But we got Goldberg. Goldberg. SmackDown's the only show that got a legitimate surprise, where we hear that yes. roar and the and the snap of the whip, and it's Sable, man. There she is, boy, oh boy. Lying herself. I mean, the the person we all hope would come back. And I gotta say this about Sable too, Matt. Even before we get into this segment, mm-hmm. Matt, we talked about on this show, Tori Wilson. What's her job? Well. Nowadays, Matt, it's very clear. Tori Wilson's a wrestler. She has matches, Matt. She has lots of matches, okay? She's she been, is now a wrestler. She's Before, it was competing. very questionable. She's competing. Yeah. I don't recommend her wearing a sh- uh, another outfit with safety pins in it like she did a couple weeks ago. That seems like it would be a bad <laughs> idea for bumping. Um, yeah. but she's le- some of her outfits are designed for purposes other than uh, being comfortable for sure. I mean, this, this outfit today, even with the see-through bunnies on her tights are, you know, looks actually like the most athletic piece of clothing she's worn i think since she started competing anyway all that to say you know tori now is a wrestler right what's dom marie's job i don't know she's around apparently so what's sable's she job Matt? what did sable get brought back for why is there they love to just not a single segment with with stephanie back you know it's like you know telling her why she's there. like why is she there she just shows up and then and then kisses tori and leaves and now she's just sexually harassing her at every single turn speaking yeah. of the hr she, she, department What's her she's job? Committing crimes. She's committing crimes, crimes against on television. Yes. I mean, not exactly. uncommon like, for wrestling. Right. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, it's also like, 
you know, I think even today it's helpful to imagine a scenario where you just do the gender swap and you say, well, instead of Sable, it's somebody else. Uh, he, it's a guy, essentially, right? And then you're just like, he approaches her in the shower and forces her to be undressed in front of him or, or which would be which her. Would, yes, which would be horrifying. You can also, yeah. obviously, just not do it. But, yeah, yes. what, what's Sable's no, no job? Reason, like, why, why is she on the – I mean, it's obvious why she's on the show. But in kayfabe, yes. Matt, why is she on the show? I, I would posit that to uh, you. We might get it explained later on because I think you know later on without spoiling anything, Sable does ali- uh, align herself with uh, other figures on the show, uh, right. which may kind of speak to it. There, I mean, she's kind of doing the classic thing, which I wish they would explain, which you're hitting on. Just like she's just being a shit disturber, like she's just showing yeah. up to cause problems. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and yeah. you could you could justify it with one thing where um, Stephanie or maybe Vince comes out and they go, Sable's back. I hired her to be back. I think she's great. She has my Full, you know, she can kind of have full reign and do whatever she wants here because I think she's able and she's a big star and she can do that and she wrestle if she wants to. Sure, um, yeah, that that would have like, helped. Just like I brought in a star and they're just going to do as they see fit. That would have helped as well. Sure, all that would have helped. Yeah. Didn't get any of it. Uh, didn't didn't get any of it. And um, yeah, we'll we'll um, we'll we'll see where it goes. This is something that could have used some nuance, man. Is as, as our favorite term to use with wrestling. Could have used a little bit of nuance. Maybe if Sable came out like, yes. "Tori, you're pretty great," and uh, you know, we'll keep my eye on you. <laughs> and it would have been better if it was she was doing these things. But it was like, oops, you know, a little little less obvious. She's extremely obvious right. here. Boy, let's yes. get into this great segment. Yes, exactly. I like the way you the way you you said that earlier. Just, it sounds kind of like a Conan O'Brien sort of thing. Like, <laughs> like just kind of like uh, <laughs> Walker Texas Ranger River vibes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so Tori is stretching backstage and Sable walks into frame. And just to be clear, they're both being shot in the most suggestive way possible. Oh, it's definitely is, like the, uh, yeah. Which Bond poster is that? For Your Eyes Only or something with the legs and he's looking through them? I believe it is For Your Eyes Only. Ooh, I'd mistaken. be very happy if, uh, it's basically the, yeah, Matt, the For Your Eyes Only, uh, uh shot. It, uh, yes, I'm sure it is. Cause the, the only one I can think of otherwise would be View to a Kill, but I believe that's just the Golden Gate Bridge. With Grace Jones. Um, it's true. Uh, I could do a James Bond podcast if I really needed to. Come to think of it, there. Sure, the James if Bond. If I ever did an exit strategy for this bad boy, the James Bond 007. That's right. Uh, and so Sable walks into frame, and Sable says that after seeing Tori last week, she thinks there's no comparison between her and Tori. And just to be clear, she saw Tori uh, come out of the shower, so that she was in a state of undress. Yeah, she said she liked seeing her in Playboy. It was good, but the seeing Tori yes. come out of the shower, nothing compares to the real thing, man, which is seeing somebody. So uncomfortable and grabbing a towel. Nothing beats that. Right. Okay. So maybe that's more what you're more what she's getting at. Okay, I believe I so. Maybe I misunderstood there. So she then asked Tori to help her with her zipper. Yeah, it's stuck. She got a stuck and zipper. She's got a zipper. I mean, you know, she's you know, she's not getting dressed. She's fully dressed already. She's. I mean, she's fully. Dressed. She's wearing a pretty insane outfit to begin with. She's well. She's wearing an outfit. You would. You know. She's like. She's not wearing like sweats. Right. Like she's. She didn't get off right. the. She didn't get out of a rental car dragging her 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 luggage behind her. Like she's got to go through hair and makeup wardrobe. She's all done up. And I, yes. she's, she needs to get changed. And I was like, what does she need to get changed into? This is the only part I like is because she, right. she did need to get changed, actually. And we'll find out why. But at the time, I was like, what the hell is she getting changed for? This is just an excuse, obviously, for her to reveal her. To get her boobs yeah. out, Matt. She, this is all she's doing. She, that's what she does. Sorry. She does. She, she takes her zipper and she starts to pull it all the way down and then. She turns her back to the camera so with faces slowly. Tori. This is Hogan walking out to his music slow, man. Like, this takes 20 minutes. <laughs> thank you for, yeah, thank you for um, comparing it to something um, very, uh, that you can think about. Uh, Hulk Hogan coming out. It's like baseball. <laughs> Mark Thatcher uh, naked and, on a cold day. <laughs> thank you. And so, yeah, so Sable takes, takes, essentially takes her shirt off. You don't see it. 
Um, and then Tori is kind of like unimpressed and leaves. Like I think glowering. Tori's number one just, reaction. Oh. Yeah, she's there. There, she doesn't really have any range here. She's and gotta, obviously, you know, you kind of hit on earlier. This is a one kind of one track mind segment kind of thing. Absolutely. Uh, but what we're doing for Tori doesn't make sense. And no. so Tori leaves. So T- Sable turns around to the camera and she's covering herself with her hands. Yeah. And she says, what is this? Something I said. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Is it something I said? Oh, he almost botched the, uh, the, the punchline. Very funny stuff. And a very good yes. callback match to the time where she had a uh, handprint bikini on, on Monday Night Raw, uh, right. probably around uh, 99 uh, at That's some point. Right. Yeah. She's standing there holding her herself. And she says, was it something I said? Now, as we were talking about Sable, Matt, Sable. Yeah. And Brock Lesnar were on the show for the first time yes. together last week. Do you think that's where they met? I hope it is. It is really funny to imagine, like, like Sable's doing this stuff that we're like, ah, so weird. And at the same time, like, Brock is back there. He's, like, falling in love. Sure, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going to marry her and take concept. her to Saskatchewan someday. Like like all uh, women dream of. Exactly. Oh, well, I mean, you know, just want to live in the biggest log cabin you've ever seen. Probably it's not so bad. Hey, man. I think it would be awesome. I'm not saying anything. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, if you hear it or just see it on paper, hey, honey, let's move to the middle of Saskatchewan and have a bunch of kids. You know, either right. you go for it or you don't. And, and clearly they're they're apparently quite happy, very happy for them. You do have to pop out a couple of monster Brock Lesnar children, which would be – that would be tough. A couple of I think these. that would be a very hard Well, and there's pyro, too, when they come out, which is kind of crazy. <laughs> they cut the umbilical cord. The, the scissors go <laughs> – Bang, bang, bang. Oh my! Oh my! Sure, yeah, just having been in rooms where children are born, it's hard to imagine Pyro in there, which is good. I, just, I like the idea of Brock, like he's in tears holding <laughs> his child, and some Pyro goes off. <laughs> now, I will say something that I think is kind of damning about the segment. Also, is that Sable turning around, co- barely covering herself up, gets a SmackDown pop. Uh, like I, we can't get a real reaction from that. No, the fans. Like and the, the fans of the show are some of the like like top tier horny fans on television, <laughs> and yet we only get a SmackDown pop for that. I was surprised. So, Tori leaves. Although I have to say, I will say. Tori, hold, sorry, Sable getting a uh, an enhanced reaction for holding on to some items yeah. that are already enhanced. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. seems appropriate. I get it. Uh, yeah, thank you. That's good. I need to go back and make that point. I like that. It was a long walk thank we you. got there. Uh, we got Tori it. leaves because she says she has a match. Taz says, I think Sable's got a match too. Actually made me laugh. That joke actually made me laugh. It doesn't even make any sense. Uh, it doesn't, but it's, yeah, I, it's, yes, it's, it's all right. Also, it's funny because like there's been times in the show where Colin has been like, oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, and they weren't, they didn't have exactly the same reaction here. I was kind of expecting more of that along the lines of like, uh, oh boy, kind of thing. Michael but. Cole says something really kind of uncomfortable when Tori comes out for her match, but we'll, we'll get to that when we get Ooh, to it. And don't you. worry, Matt, this segment obviously wasn't a huge fan of it. The show will be saved after the commercial break, Matt, because guess Who's up next? Oh, boy. Speaking of Saskatchewan. Yes. Rowdy Rowdy Piper. Piper's Pit is up next. Uh, and so we come back for the break, and uh, we find out that Rikishi versus Sean O'Hare is on Backlash, guys. You got to buy this show. You might as well pay for it now. You got to see Rikishi against going with Sean O'Hare. Call your local Sable Sable or Catalyte provider. Oh, boy. <laughs> Talk about a Freudian slip there. Oh, boy. Call your local uh, uh, cable or satellite provider and say, please... Whatever you do, don't let me order backlash. Please. If I call back, you have to say no. You have to say no. Uh, Rikishi versus Shuttle here is a real uh, it's one brand pay per view ass kind of match. You know what I mean? Oh like, that's a Lord. real, yes, like, absolutely. later of the year. That's going to be it's pretty no mercy, rough. I believe, uh, would, would be the, the, the rematch or something. Absolutely, Matt. Yeah, I completely yeah. agree. Yeah. And so now it's time for Piper's Pit. And so Michael Cole. So, okay, immediately I find this the. Um, 
the way this is being talked about is confusing to me because Piper comes out and Michael Cole is yelling like Roddy Piper is a face. And that's the reaction he gets. But Roddy Piper is not a face. No, and he he's was trying. He's a dick to Hulk Hogan last week. Yeah. He's associated with Sean O'Hare. Mm-hmm. Why are they doing this to me? And he has to, in this segment, uh, what's the opposite of ingratiating yourself, Matt? Disingratiating yourself? He has Disgra- to disgratiate yourself. You have to disgrace yourself. He's got to disgrace himself to the fans, Matt, which he tries to do in this uh, in this Piper's Pit segment here. It's true. I, yeah, I just, this so one's strange. an all time. This this whole thing's an all timer, man. Like it's just you yeah. know, add up you know hindsight and everything you want for this. It's just uh, boy, oh boy, oh boy. Yeah. So let's talk uh, about I, it. The, yeah, some pretty bad Piper stuff here. Some Piper at some with some of his worst inclinations are happening here. Yeah. So Piper gets on mic. He starts talking about the cowards online who write on their computer boards. Yeah. And. Biggest heel Not in the entire world the right making. now. Yeah. He hates the yeah. IWC, obviously. Biggest heel in the entire world. I can't believe it. Exactly. He shows this clips from May 1984 where he was racist to Jimmy Snuka and hit him with a coconut. Yeah, it, and was, I just, like, it was racist, right? Yeah. Yeah, because he's like, he's like, you want a pineapple? You want a coconut? You want all this other a stuff? Banana. Like, oh, he rubs a banana yeah, in his it's face. Not, what Now, let me ask you too, Matt. Was that blown yeah. off back then? Well, that's okay. That is something that I went up and looked, and I was like, I knew okay, you would. so they're acting like something happened in May 1984, and then nothing happened with it. And I was like, well, Will, could you believe that they spent a couple months on the house show circuit running Jimmy Snooker versus Roddy Piper and having tag team matches with them? Yeah, so they're, yes. act- they're acting like he did that 19 years ago, and they didn't yep. do anything since. But, like, yes. obviously, like, that, that would have been part of a feud that they had then. Right? Yes. Good they, they God. Just, they went around the Northeast and, and probably the Midwest, and they did a bunch oh, of... Oh, they sold out every... Oh, and, man. They're hanging from the rafters, brother. I mean, come on. 20,000 people every night. That's how... And that's how those feuds worked, right? Is you do something on television, and then you go... You see the card. You're like, I want to see Snooka beat up Piper. You hit him in the head with a coconut. Sells the tickets. Yes. In the most, like, fundamental kind of, like, territory way. Now, I do have to say, I, I do find it funny. They're showing us clips from May 1984, which would be... Like, talking about something that happened in 2002 now. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be like, uh, oh, we're, we're, we were so close to it. If Goldberg came out and, like, challenged, I don't know, The Rock again. Like, they're both semi-active. They both could do it. Yeah, yeah, it could still happen. That's right. They both look uh, a lot better than uh, poor uh, Roddy Roddy Piper. What, what did Vince call him? Uh, uh, gosh. Ponch uh, something. Ponchy. Yeah, God, yeah. Body shame, body, body shame Piper in, in front of everybody. Yeah. yeah. And then Snooka B- just body, looks, uh... body, body shame Piper. Yeah, <laughs> that didn't really work. That's okay. Uh, so, yes. And then we see last week's show where Rikishi confronted Piper and then, uh, you know, kind of got, looked like a doofus because he got attacked by Sean O'Hare and he also got coconut so, too. So, let me ask you this, Matt, too. I'm sorry to keep interrupting. Yeah. But in kayfabe, no, do. does Rikishi know Roddy Piper's going to come out and talk about Snooka? So Rikishi can get his revenge. Rikishi being there makes sense. I thought about this. Why does he have a coconut? Does he just carry one around in his suitcase? Because if he does, in kayfabe, that's still very bad. Now, okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing. The week before Piper's Pit happened, they did say, hey, Piper's Pit is coming back next week. But as far as I can recall, they did that. Did they say he was going to talk about Snooka? How does the Snooka thing come up? Well, they did. Okay, now they did show Stuka stuff as the, when they were doing promos for Piper's Pit. They were like, "Oh, Stuka stuff is happening so there." Stuff he it's did. It's a famous moment from then, right? Like, oh, what's it? A, would make it's sense. one of the things that. Uh, what's the other one they show? They show something else. Um, but 
Uh, I'm not sure. Maybe the Morton Downey Jr. thing in WrestleMania Five. No, it was like it was like uh, wasn't Don Morocco? No, I can't remember who it was. Oh, they show a jobber who talks like the first time they go to. They show um, a guy. Yeah, the, one of the first yeah. clips. They show. Anyways, it's not what I'm saying yeah. is it's not the only clip they show. But Rikishi's ready, Matt, with a coconut He's to come pop, out, coconut, and, which is stupid, <laughs> right? And and to confront yeah. Roddy Piper with a coconut. It's still dumb. Because the idea being that maybe he went to like craft services and he was like, "Do you have any coconuts?" And they were like, "Of course we do." What are you talking about? Of course about? we do. That's great. It's great. It's the electrolytes and the coconut milk. I mean, come on, yeah. coconut water, guys. We're in Norfolk, Virginia. Of course we have coconut. Or no, it was Chicago. Of course we have coconuts in Chicago. Yeah, we got the coconut April. tree in Chicago. That's <laughs> so bad. Of course you have your you have your your sauerkraut. <laughs> you have your Polish sausage. Deep dish you pizza. You have your coconut, <laughs> and you have coconut. You have deep dish pizza. You have coconut. You have the L train. It's all. <laughs> it all just makes sense here. Uh, you got Dicka. And so, right, <laughs> Hurricane Dick is there. Uh, so Roddy Piper introduces Sean O'Hare. He calls him the champion of champions. Yeah, he calls him the new millennium wrestler. And, and so Sean O'Hare comes out. Yes. Roddy Piper's talking over his music the whole time. Like, he does not mm-hmm. understand that you're not oh supposed to say anything over the music. He's like, here he comes. Yeah, look at him. <laughs> He's just yelling over this, you know, just it's, talking. Like, no one can hear him. It, it's a mess. It's peak bad Roddy. It's 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 the, his worst inclinations. Even what happens next is that Piper can't shut up. Yes, absolutely. And it's just, it's a shame. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Because Sean O'Hare gets on the mic. He starts talking about why he's here. And it's totally funny because you have these completely conflicting styles of speaking. Yeah, Sean O'Hare. Where yeah. Piper is doing this very unscripted thing, and Sean O'Hare is doing this very scripted-sounding thing. Very scripted. Like, where he's Piper- – <clears throat> his video – you know, it, we saw Sean O'Hare's video packages. Very funny. The devil's, like, you know, uh, the, the devil on your shoulder character. The last one we saw was Break the Law. Because uh, the laws are just right. suggestions, which is my favorite. Like, just go yes. for it. Keep going with that. That's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> so him, again, it's like, uh, you know, pre-tape, great. In the ring, it's like, uh, it's stiff. It's not good. He doesn't match well, Piper's you know energy at all. These two being matched together doesn't make any sense. Um, it makes no sense. I got to say, too, I think Sean O'Hare, this this feels like a completely different character in some ways. Like, yes. this Sean O'Hare doing this when he just spent weeks doing all these, de- these kind of devil-on-your-shoulder promos, like you said – they don't jive. This isn't the same character, and it's not a good fit. Like, Sean O'Hare, we saw Sean O'Hare in person. He was backstage, you know, prompting Don Marie to flash people. And uh, I wonder if he talked to uh, Sable now. I think about it. Yeah, he may, uh, maybe. And Brian Kendrick also to flash people there. He kind of had one note where he was like, just get <laughs> flash, naked in front of people. Show, show maybe, me stuff. Show me stuff. Maybe. maybe, maybe you know be funny, uh, Vince, uh, Vince, if you go out there and the Hulk Hogan contract signing, instead of pulling out a pen, you know what I'm talking about. You know what you pull out, Vince. Yeah. It's like, what the hell? Just the perv the whole time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we start. Well, I, I interrupted there, but I think that it, yeah, these guys don't make any sense together. It's a real styles clash. It's a real um, uh, ooh. Uh, hmm, he hmm. Uh, O'Hare kind of explains he wants to learn from the only mind more evil than his own. Yes, more and evil. so he's saying this. He's saying he said Piper, you've been on top of the business for years. You're unpredictable, and as he's saying this, Piper's saying that's why I picked you. <laughs> And he's like, that's right. And he's like, you're the only guy more evil than me. He's like, yeah, that's why I picked you. And he's just like, he's talking over Sean O'Hare. Like, Sean O'Hare should just be able to talk and get through this. I think Roddy got into and some it's, coconuts it's, at uh, catering or something. He's hopped. Yeah, he's, exactly. he's, he's fired up, he's man. Sniff, Maybe. He's sniffing coconuts off of mirrors. <laughs> uh, and Sean ends with, you know, he, he ends with kind of trying to draw back to that. Trying, uh, trying. That thing where, where he says, I'm not telling you anything you didn't already know. Yeah, it's a stretch. And, uh. And then, in a surprising move, 
we hear Superfly. And it's our second murder of the night. Jimmy Snuka is here. Um, now, well, it's funny that you talked about like, uh, like mo- most recently, uh, Sean Harris having like you know like f- f- commit crimes, like just ignore the law. Yeah, and it would be funny if Sh- Superfly comes out and he was like actually like dapped up Sean Harris. Like I respect <laughs> that actually. I really like that. Brana. Yeah. So Jimmy, so Jimmy Snooker comes out, and uh, again, if you really need to, if you if you don't know what I'm constantly alluding to with the Jimmy Snooker thing, Google Jimmy Snooker Nancy Argentino, it, and uh, a, you will. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a, a dark side of the ring about that. Uh, there's a very good dark side Snuka of the ring comes about out. He's wearing, uh, you know, retired Snooka stuff. Great big yes. Hawaiian shirt, uh, headband, uh, big baggy pants, uh, eyes the size of saucers. I mean, he just <laughs> he he can crack. This is look. I mean yeah. this when I say this. He casts a murderous glance uh, everywhere you look. Uh, Snooka gets in there. He says, "Brother, there is a problem here." Well, I also have to say when when as soon as he gets on the ramp, Michael Cole is yelling, "The Superfly is here!" Yeah, like, he's, he's all very excited about it. So excited! I just I, imagine if in 2021, Chris Benoit came down to the ring and Cole Michael was like, "It's the Crippler!" <laughs> very similar thing. But you're right. Snuka says they have a problem, and uh, Piper sends Sean O'Hare outside and starts yelling at Snuka. And I just just seeing it like it's 2003. Roddy Piper and Jimmy Snooker are standing in the rings by themselves. This is not good. Yeah. This is, this is, we're in a bad direction. In the middle of a bad SmackDown. Like, let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, Piper offers a handshake to bury the coconut in, or hatchet. Oh, yeah. Snooker is not an idiot, so he doesn't do that. Um, now, Piper goes to cheap shot Snooker, but he, he counters it. He knocks him down. And so in comes Sean O'Hare, who just went outside, of course. And so he punches Jimmy Snooker. But of course, Will, he makes the mistake of punching him in the head. Yeah, he's Jimmy Snuka is from the island of Samoa, and uh, Samoa never... people in wrestling are st- stupid. I never so they have a very thick skull. Put, I never put together that 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 mm. the illusion is that they're so dumb that nothing hurts yes. their heads. The, the, the idea that a Samoan's head doesn't actually get hurt is because it's insulting because they're idiots. Um, you know, oh, despite being normal human people like you and I, who some. Some are dumb and some are geniuses. I'm sure you know. There's all sorts of all strokes are different folks. Absolutely. Um, but there is, yeah, there is a inherently uh, racist joke in the Samoan thing there. Um, and then O'Hare, so he's so he's so so yeah, he he no sells it. Jimmy Snuka turns around, or or he um, anyway. Sean O'Hare does what I would consider a huge face move now. And then he kicks Jimmy Snook right in the face. <laughs> get a huge Again, pop. another thing, like Larizzi Stones is, is way ahead of their time here. Sean O'Hare would get huge face points for doing this right now. Um, now that's a, yeah, if, if he did the same thing to Hulk Hogan, same thing. And so Snook is down. And so out runs Rikishi, who Snook is, he's Snook is nephew. I don't know if that's literally true or if it's like the, uh, like, we're family kind of thing. Yeah. I really yeah. Anything. I mean, they're like, I think to me, this related to the Usos uh, in, in, in wrestling parlance somehow. Nephews, cousins, yeah, whatever. Like that. Yeah, sure. And so he he starts taking it to O'Hare, and Michael Cole tells us, Michael Cole tells us the quiche is getting himself some. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he, dro- <laughs> the best. he drops he drops Sean O'Hare in the corner, and then he turns to Piper. So this is O'Hare gets up. This and is he super kicks Rikishi in the head. You, well, my favorite part of this segment is Piper picks up one of his wooden director's chairs, right, that he has yes. in, on his set, mm-hmm. picks it up. The second Rikishi turns around, he just drops it. And and uh, and like he never had it in the first place. It's actually very right. funny. Like he's just like, eh, um, what? Sorry. Yeah. Mr. Was uh, wasn't me kind of thing. Mr. Yeah. He's doing all he's all the sneaky things. Where, you know, he's trying to shake, uh, trying trying to fake 
um, you know, burying the hatchet with Snuka and everything like that. And also, for some um, reason, Rikishi has a giant bandaid on his forehead. Was he split open last week from a coconut? Is that what happened? I don't get hit I by wonder, a coconut. I wonder if it is a if it's a kayfabe uh, is it a kayfabe bandaid or what? Or maybe you know on the house show circuit he was gigging. I don't know. Maybe got got some got some blades going on. Yeah, got color. Added kid. some color on the the, the shows the shows on the road in Worcester who knows there yeah exactly and so uh yeah so Rikisha gets kicked in the head and so Piper and O'Hare leave and then Rikisha gets on the mic yeah, what? And, he, and he calls up Piper but O'Hare holds him back and I'm like okay and so I I thought this whole thing is supposed to be like yeah it's kind of Snooko versus Piper but it's kind of me, like mediated through Sean O'Hare versus Rikishi yeah it uh it's um you know probably wouldn't be crazy to see it in AEW where you attack the mentor and then the mentor is like, go at it. Like, remember we did business back in, you know, 82 and it's like, well, I got, uh, you know, Lance Archer here now. So whatever. Um, you know, it's that's that's you end up with instead of having a, yeah, Lance Archer, sorry. Instead of having a, like a Jake, the snake against, uh, Tully Blanchard, Blanchard. you get Lance Archer against like, uh, FDR. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah. Ricky, Keisha gets on the mic and offers a piece of the quiche to, to Roddy Piper. And uh, Did you get what he was setting up there? Because like, he talked to him, and I was like, so what is happening here? We'll and it wasn't until out. later on when they confirm an actual match yeah. that I'm like, yeah. oh, okay. Because I was like, I, it was one of those things where it's not like you, me, next week. No, it's like, like it was? yeah, he, he's basically like, I'm offering you, you know, you want a piece of me, you know, I don't want a piece, I want the whole thing. It's like that kind of thing. It's like, you know, you want some, come get some. Um, right. and, and then that's it. <laughs> that's it. That's all. We had to allude to a, a match next week. Yeah. Uh, so there it is. Uh, a segment, I, I like I said, I think I, I don't know if I said this off mic. I think I probably said it off mic to Will. Uh, I don't like what they're doing with the Piper Pit thing. I think these are messy segments. I don't like what they're doing. I don't get the point of them. I think that the they're they're leading to parts of storylines that just don't care about. And I think I, I think this week Piper is just being, uh, he's, he's doing all his terrible tendencies. And so it's just hard to forgive that. Yeah, I like Roddy Piper, but the, the, uh, Matt, this isn't fantastic. Uh, no. no. I, you know what? There's been times where I, I've i definitely liked Roddy Piper. Obviously, he's been part of some we're, amazing wrestling moments. We're not Piper haters, but I agree no. with you, Matt. Like, he obviously, you know, his thing with Vince last week where it's just like, let's talk about all the shoot things we can about each other. Oh, the XFL. Yeah, Ooh, ha, ha, ha. Ooh, ha, ha, ha. That. All that, you know, go for the throat uh, kind of stuff. Um and uh, yeah, and, and also it's not gonna go anywhere. I just remember it doesn't. This Roddy stuff doesn't with O'Hare doesn't go anywhere, yeah. especially with the guy they're bringing back, who I don't remember yeah. if he has any kind of interaction with Roddy Piper at all. Um, yeah, I guess there's something to look forward to, Matt. We'll see. I guess so. We are gonna see that. Um, yeah. Anyway, messy things, messy segments, and then we go to a video from last week when Tori Wilson was in New York and signing copies of Playboy for fans. And uh, as soon as this starts up, I'm like, they're going to interview some poor guys. We're going to be on camera God, talking I, about this. And I'm mortified for them. I wrote, guys are talking about her. <laughs> now, I'm going to talk about something that we might talk about in a couple weeks. But when we were okay. getting our autograph signed by Chris Benoit, there's photos of yes. us with him. <laughs> yes. The news was there. And yes. because our friends have wrestling belts, which were brand new at the time. And right. we stood there with our wrestling belts and got interviewed by the news. And like, I'm here with some crazy wrestling fans here at the Hellabout Convention Center. Money they run, running SmackDown are coming. Money they do at the, the Hellabout Convention Center. Uh, so, guys, what is it? What is it about the wrestling that you guys like so much? We're like, oh, man, it's on a 
So I get on the horn and I say, you know, oh, it's got everything. <laughs> it's got action. I don't remember what I said. I just remember the, what I said at the end. I was like, it's got action. It's got drama. It's got chicks. And then I try to say, <laughs> I try to say, and they got Y2J, but they pulled the microphone away. So I didn't get to cap it uh, off with the Chris course. Jericho shout out. Right. Anyway, go home. Mom tells us our grandmother was watching me on the news saying I like wrestling for the chicks. People, I did this. Okay? Am I proud of it? No! Not at all! That's why I became an actor. I had to get on TV and, and wipe that uh, stink out of my... Uh, wipe that out of there. I had to be on TV for oh, something. Oh, man. That is something that happened. So... All that to say, I have to ask. Yes, I have to ask. Please do. Did, did you call? You didn't call women chicks in almost any of their. This is like you're you were elevating yourself for the news at this point, right? Like this is not. I was Matt. You, thank you for bringing that up. Yes, I was in character. Yes. I was in character. What are you talking about? Right. This, I was a kayfabe yeah. wrestling fan. I was giving Matt the news what they wanted to hear. Obviously, yes, I would never exactly. call women chick. I I actually really don't call yes. women chicks. Oh God. Keep digging, Will. <laughs> Dig sure up, you stupid. Well, I mean, it's yeah. It just wasn't. Oh man, it is pretty great. 2003 Will just out there, just <laughs> declaring that. Well, sort of I didn't. I barely excellent... remember that, but when you brought it up, I remember that. Oh now. yeah, there's some excellent footage of me at uh, at a show coming up uh, that uh, <laughs> uh, will be a lot of fun. So they talk to a guy. Yes. This this guy who stood in line to get his pictures of Tori Wilson posing naked signed, and he, <laughs> to his credit, did a great job. He's like, oh, sure. Tori, she's got the looks. She's got excellent wrestling ability. She's the total package. Lie. And I'm like, Lex Luger, eat your heart out, buddy. Okay. Right. Tori's got to throw in a torture rack now, Matt. Okay. Maybe we'll she's got to go on the USS Intrepid and do some get, and get, get slam, your kid Zuna uh, up there. Slam Nathan. Speaking, Jones. speaking of cousins of Rikishi, <laughs> let's get uh, yes, let's fix that. I, uh, slam to meet on the USS uh, Intrepid. But yeah, I was I was like, oh no, this they show all the guys in line, and there's some girls there too. I think they found the only you know girl in the entire lineup. Yes, they do find a girl. That's right. They do find one girl, but I, yeah, Matt, I was like, oh please don't talk to a guy. Yeah, they're talking to a guy. Yeah, it's just you. You're just like I don't. I don't like this guy. Has to have to know that this is like. And, and now it can be streamed. You know, people people be like he's keeping doing Not job like interviews. You know, he's, the news can't be streamed. Yeah. No, he can be a job interview. And people be like, yeah. So anything anything we should know? He's like, no, no. They're just kind of like so. If we go on WWE Network and we go to the April seventeenth, two thousand three episode of SmackDown, we're gonna get you on camera admitting that you uh, you know had a an autographed copy of Playboy. You're not gonna admit that to us. So um, yeah. Now here's another thing too. This is something that Tori yes. says. She's doing it. So she's doing yes. an autograph signing in New York City. For, well, okay. For I got. I got to say, they right. keep putting Tori in a situation where she has to talk about this in a way that is bizarre. Where they're just kind of like, "So why did you do this? Why, like, who are you doing it for? And all these sorts so of things." And it's just yeah. unfair to her. She, they keep putting her in the search. Just to keep explaining this. She says, "Believe it or not, it was very scary for me to decide to do this Playboy shoot, and I did it for my fans. Like, yes, or course. maybe Vince made you do it, or else." You're, well, you're I fine hope, or something. I don't know. I hope, I really hope not. Hope it was for a fat paycheck. Is my hope. My hope is that she and, got, and she, a big fat paycheck. Well, that's the thing. She got a piece, a check that had a bunch of zeros on it. That she said, "Well, you know what? She got a actually, size I would like check, to have, hopefully, Matt. Yeah, yeah. Now she thought nobody was going to show up. Okay, absurd concept. Well, look, as a guy who's done autograph signings, where people now I'm not Tori Wilson, 
No. I mean, the, the comparison's been made. I'm not Tori Wilson, okay, folks? As a guy who had to sit there at autograph signings while people go by and like, oh, like, why would you have us do an autograph signing? Our show's not even on TV. Uh, <laughs> and then they walk past us and go to the people who work on the horse show. And what do you feed the horses? Um, but as as, horse show, as somebody who sat there in an autograph signing and did not sign many autographs, I know how she's feeling mad. There, You, you know, I, I'm sure she did feel like maybe nobody shows up. You know, that kind of like weird self-doubt that uh, performers can have. You know, I stink them right. up. And then obviously a whole lineup of people outside. She's like, well, what is that? Um, she also says it's a side of her that no one's ever seen. And I just wrote my notes. Poor Billy. I know. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no one's ever seen. Billy has to buy a copy to know what's going on. <laughs> wow, um, what have I been missing? Now I'm gonna. I'm not. So Michael Cole at the end of that segment says this. He says, "If you haven't picked up Playboy, yes. you don't know what you're missing." And I just love the idea of replacing Playboy with any similar publication or website from 2021. <laughs> and imagine Michael Cole saying that. Imagine that's what he's doing. Imagine just just insert a website or something in your mind and say, "If you haven't been to this, you don't know what you're missing." If you haven't you're read like, the Huffington Post. You don't know what you're missing. Yes. That's not, well, I'm not really getting I mean, I mean, I know, maybe yeah. a bit more of it. Yeah, okay. Good. Uh, <laughs> what you do is you press the incognito on your browser. And then you <laughs> yeah, Michael right. Cole leads everybody through it. Exactly. Because <laughs> oh, they can't trace you. The government doesn't know. And this is called the dark web. The government folks. doesn't know. <laughs> you we get on the dark out. web and you can look up anything there. There are no rules. Exactly. Sean O'Hare told me to do it. Uh, <laughs> Sean O'Hare said it was absolutely okay. Michael Cole, yeah, he's like, if you haven't seen Tori's Playboy, or what does he say? I think he says, Taz, have you seen Tori's Playboy? And he's like, oh, yeah. And Michael Cole just goes, it's phenomenal. <laughs> sometimes his delivery is like because sometimes he does like the, the elevated pitch man cartoon sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. And then when he it's it's worse when it's more human. <laughs> yeah, you know. It's like a real thing. It's you, I don't you're like I don't like imagining that. This is a guy who what, believes like, in the product he's selling. Matt he believes in it. If he was doing a podcast, he'd be like, listen, I don't I don't just sell Bomba socks because they tell me to. I actually love them the most comfortable socks. Honeycomb weed. It is his version of Blue Chew, in fairness. Yeah, I get right. that. It's, it makes sense. So next up here, <sighs> speaking of Tori Wilson, we got Tori Wilson with uh, going up against Nidia. Oh, great. Who's the only... brought something with Jamie Noble. Now, I like show. one detail here that I really enjoyed uh, specifically, is that this is the second time tonight we have seen Jamie Noble twirl Nidia as part of his entrance, because earlier he went up against Eddie Guerrero. Only this time, uh, when he twirls her for the entrance, uh, instead of slapping her on the butt, which is what he usually does, Jamie Noble is intensely yelling encouragement to her. Which is such a great detail, uh, character detail sort of thing. Yes. So instead of being like, look at my girl, now he's like, all right, I think he's shirtless if I'm not mistaken. And so he's just like, he's pumping her up. He's like, we know what we're doing. I mean, I love any time where a wrestler comes out more than once with their entrance and everything like that is always funny. Look, uh, two, but two Jamie, Jamie Nobles. Yeah, two Jamie Nobles in one night. I will not complain about that at all. Yeah. And so Tori and Nidia are in the ring. Michael Cole and Taz know, you know, hey, there's no ref in there. What? And, and you're kind of like, you're like, where? okay, where did Mike Sparks do? Is he locked in some sort of closet somewhere in Norfolk Scope? Like, what, do we mess this up? He's getting haze for his um, 31st birthday. Exactly. He's 29. He's, he's getting younger. He's so. getting his driver's license test. What's he doing? His, his hairline's getting higher. His, his <laughs> the age's getting smaller. And then all of a sudden, we hear that same cat, slap. cat growl and the, the snap of the whip. And Sable's music hits. So now walks Sable. Now what? She is. Yeah. Do you want to? Do you want to know how I described it? I'd love to tell you how I, I want to hear yours first, please, please, please. Of course. I said that she's wearing a bikini top slash sports bra thing with stripes on it. Yeah. She's wearing just enough to be able to have stripes on it. Yeah. Really. She's wearing a Jacqueline sized 
uh, referee yes. outfit. So this explains why she had to get changed. And I thought, boy, SmackDown, you did it to me. You got me good. She got changed. And I said, why? And you explained why. Excellent. Excellent work. Um, check, check, check off, flashing. No, is it, wait, is this the first recorded use of Chekhov's boobs? This is an interesting <laughs> question. <laughs> uh, now I will mention the, of course, the sexy ref outfit that all the women mm-hmm. are required to wear when they're yes. refing. Always funny to mention my Kyoto wearing that. Well, the booty shorts and everything. Well, they were showing, so Mick Foley on the Broken Skull Sessions uh, a while ago was talking about a match he had maybe against Steve or something, and Vince, uh, or maybe it was against Rock, and it was Vince McMahon refing the match. And he's wearing yeah. a skin-tight uh, mm-hmm. uh, ref shirt. And <laughs> Mick Foley says, that shirt's a boy's medium. I know that because I looked at the tag before he put it on. Let's <laughs> love that detail because I believe oh, Mick. He has no reason to lie, but I do oh, sure. uh, appreciate Matt how far we've come. Where we have female refs now in NXT, in AEW, mm-hmm. in WWE, who just dress like a ref and yes. they call a match like a ref and and they take no guff like a ref should take no guff. So yes, small applause. Very small yes. amount it's... of female referees now that we have. It's like wrestling. they're people. Oh, it's almost like really. they're people, Matt. It's really right. crazy. So Taz and Cole are gushing about how hot Sable is here, and Taz gushing. says, Mikyota and Sparks need to get in shape like Sable. It's like, you know, I, do, okay. I think that Kyoto is, and Sparks that is fine. funny. Cordero's uh, escaped the butcher's block there. Yes. Uh, no, the, one of the things I noted right away is that Sable's pin counting is okay. It's not terrible. She's got a decent uh, decent cadence with the pin counting. I'm always judgmental of the referees and the special guests when they bring them in. Of course, and, and, and judgmental to all of them too, Matt, in fairness. You know. Oh, yeah. I recently uh, rewatched SummerSlam 1997 with uh, past guest uh, Brian. And uh, Shawn Michaels figures quite heavily in the main events. He's the special guest referee. He has an interesting count. It's not bad. He get a he slaps the mat. He brings his hand up as though he's kind of like touching the ceiling, and then brings it down again. It's a very intentional kind of move. Right. Which I enjoy. Very nice. Yeah. We'll we'll rank. Uh, we'll next week uh, or next time I'm on, Matt. We'll rank all our favorite special guest referees. Top 100 coming here on the SmackDown Six podcast. Yeah, that's right. And so at one point in this match, there's some miscommunication here, and I always hate when this happens. These matches because I just feel bad for these girls. They're out here. Not trained enough. They're not really supposed to be, you know, probably not really hired for all this wrestling stuff. Obviously, Nidia is more so. Because, mm-hmm. and I want to see if what I describe will make sense to you is what I think both of them are trying to do. So, Nidia is seemingly going for a leapfrog on Tori, I believe. And Tori is trying to do a back body drop. That's the I think. one move I, 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 I use the word awkward. Yeah. I used awkward, so, yeah. <clears throat> So so Nidia is not really in the right position for what she's thinking she's supposed to happen. So Tori sends her backward with a back body drop, and Nidia flies through the air awkwardly and lands pretty hard, I would say. Now she... She lands on like her shoulder. Yeah, she lands on her shoulder. Doesn't land as badly as she could have uh, with a, really bat, a botched back body drop. Say that five times fast. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that was... Um, the rest of the match was 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 fine. They're They're putting in work. Uh, here, yes. like Tori, it's a top rope crossbody, like it's a whole thing. Um, right after this awkward backdrop, and and uh, apparently Nidia is fine. Tori goes for a monkey flip, and Taz says mm-hmm. that's one sexy monkey. And him and Cole laugh about it for five minutes, and it's pretty funny. Good for them. I'm glad they enjoy it. <laughs> well, oh, man. Cole just... Cole does his uh, the example of uh, Cole actually, you know, corpsing instead of his fake laugh that we all love so much. <laughs> right. Look at him having fun. Oh man. Um, yeah. So Tori gets a tornado DDT from the corner, and when she goes to cover Nidia, 
No, Jamie Noble starts to get in the ring, so Sable runs over, hits a baseball slide, dropkick on him, and sends him flying. Well done, by the way. That came out of nowhere. Oh, yeah. I was taking notes, and I had to look up, like, what? It's like, Sable hit a dropkick. Like, what are you talking about? Wow, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. And she just turns around. She, Sable turns around. She counts one, two, three. Yeah. There you go. And uh, Sable raises Tori's hand in victory as Tori looks confused and uncomfortable. And Will, you know, I think we just discovered that... Uh, you know, Sable is here to be referee, maybe. Maybe that's she's the main thing she's doing. She's in an to... official capacity. That's actually, yes. you know what? That's a good point, Matt, because the Ross, you know, the, there's more matches. I think these refs are getting a little burned out. And uh, no, that's good. Okay. Mm. So I I, rec- I recant everything I've said up until this moment. Nothing I said counts. It's off the record. I was she, never on the news. She is, she is a referee. Next up here, we have Matt Hardy with Shannon Moore against Brian Kendrick for the Cruiserweight Championships. This is a title match. Yeah. And uh, I think this is at one point where I'm looking at the show and I'm like, so there's an hour. We've been done the show for an hour. There's 26 minutes left and there's three matches left on the card. This is three <laughs> matches in 26 minutes. It's a bit quick. Seeing the writing on the wall, man. I think, especially knowing when the main event is like actually substantial. So it's like, okay, let's get into this here. So Matt comes out of the ring. He has his Matt facts. Uh, first one is Matt really digs his book. And Matt's favorite sushi is freshwater eel. I don't know if there's a lot of freshwater eels out there, but he likes that. So that's good. Yeah, sure. I, I don't think I've ever it's had a- that kind. This is where we get our sponsors for the night, which I always enjoy. That's right. Start with Taco Bell. You can spice up the night. Oh, boy. There's the Taco Bell one there, which is which is okay. Yeah. Tobacco is wacko if you're a teen. If you're a teen. That specific thing. If you're not yeah. a teen, go wild, please. I don't know. It's not wacko, that's for sure. Yeah. And uh, Koei Dynasty Warriors 4. And Michael Cole specifically says he can't wait for Koei, which I believe is just the name of the publisher. It's so the, I think he's, I don't know if he's. So Koei's a publisher. They've made, uh, uh, and now the Warriors games, they've made it, They've made a Zelda version of the Warriors game. They've made um, oh, a Fire Emblem version. It's it's what's called, Matt, a, a Musou game, which is basically like one versus 100. You have the your one guy oh. on the battlefield and like a thousand guys charge you. And you basically whip all their asses. It's really cool. Uh, if, it's fun. If you're into that kind of thing. Um but uh whipping ass sure <laughs> i mean here on the smackdown six podcast we're all about whipping ass especially That's right in, the smack x demanded especially in video games which is the only place i can do it um yeah but yeah the warriors games matt still uh you know they, they talk about a lot of video games on these shows and we don't know them all but the the warriors series i am familiar with yeah i mean this, this show has really helped me get familiar with my next podcast which is uh, playstation 2 games from the early 2000s so that's really right live yeah live in your world pod in ours i think is what it's called matt oh i like that that's perfect boom so we start off brian kendrick he starts going for a couple of roll-ups to begin the match he then he hits a suicide dive on shannon moore which i appreciate because strategy wise you really have to take more out of the equation because it causes problems in these matches so it's good I, to get in yeah, there and go no I, I, I think so i think it's a little quick for him kendrick to get a cruiserweight title match do you think oh maybe not yeah, I don't know if he's really earned it per se. He's barely part of the roster, and there he is. Um, <laughs> I mean, he beat Shannon so, Moore last week, right? Isn't that the deal? He did, yes. Yeah, I mean, so. if, if that's the case, then everybody on Velocity should have a shot at the Cruiserweight title. I so think Bill DeMott has there. one uh, has a shot next week, doesn't he? That's right. Well, he's too busy. He's got to uh, stand awkwardly over a, a local talent, so I don't know if he's got time for that. Okay. They, honestly, they book Bill DeMott like he's like Ken Shamrock in 1998 on that show. They like, <laughs> have referees come out and everything. It's are they going to have, the, uh, are they gonna have the, the Lion's Den match with uh, Bill DeMott? That's right. And then they're going to have Bill DeMott against uh, A-Train, where the winner has to eat uh, dog food. Oh, yeah. Uh, also an important part. Uh, so Kendrick goes up top for a shotgun drop, kick, not a missile drop, because he lands on his back. But he gets nothing, uh, and it looks like it hurts. Although it's funny, again, one of those things where a, sh- a drop kick from the top rope and you land on your back should hurt the same as if you hit it. Did that look familiar, Matt? Same thing happens. Um, tell me why. Uh, Daniel Bryan would do the, the, the top rope yes. uh, flat I back like- drop kick. 
Yes, I really like that that style. Uh, very uncommon for the time, but obviously they would, you know, guys who were coming up around this time. Kendrick's, I think Brian, you know, Kendrick's bringing it up. Age. Yeah, I mean, Brian Kendrick from Olympia, Washington. Uh, Daniel Bryan from Aberdeen. So, right. you know, obviously they probably had some uh, run-ins uh, back in the day. Right. Uh, and so now uh, Matt gets to take over because of that shotgun dropkick miss. And we also find out that Rikishi versus Rowdy Rowdy Piper is confirmed for next week's show. Yes. So you got to tune in next week. You got to watch it, guys. Come on. Don't you want to see Piper's Roddy Piper wrestling. get stink-faced? What a jerk. Yes. Oh, my gosh. You want to see uh, him him shirtless, even. Uh, it would be something that's appealing there. Getting rump, um, rump shaken. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Uh, Matt goes for a Splash Mountain bomb, and Kendrick gets out of it. And then Matt gets uh, Brian Kendrick getting a full Nelson. He does a cool little move here. He he runs to the corner. He gets kind of a downward, sp- a downward spiral for two. Yeah, I like that. Out of this full Nelson. Um he goes for a slice bread number two, but it's countered. And so uh, Kendrick goes for a leg lariat anyway. So he hits that. And then he goes to the top rope, Brian Kendrick does. And he hits a top rope elbow like Shawn Michaels. Like it's called out as such because he was trained by Shawn Michaels, at least in part. Yep. In between Shawn going for drug runs probably. Uh, he had trouble time at that time. Uh, so Brian Kendrick goes for a slice bread number two. <clears throat> but Matt lets Brian Kendrick just flip behind him. And then, boom, he hits a twist of fate for the one, two, three. And so Brian Kendrick gets to do a bunch of cool things, and then he loses, which is not a bad use of time, but I do want Kendrick to get some success here because I'm enjoying all the creative stuff that he's doing and the energy he's bringing to these shows. So Yeah, uh, I know he sticks around, but I forget <laughs> where, his, where his trajectory takes him. Yeah, I guess we'll see. You know, Kendrick would only have to wait 13 more years to become the WWE Cruiserweight Champion. Well, yeah, so. and he actually became the, uh, I, think, I believe, the World Heavyweight Champion for a time, man. And the infamous, uh, I just heard an interview with a guy you wouldn't think has such a good memory for wrestling not a wrestler oh, yeah. but worked for the company freddie prince jr had oh a, you listen to that one he good for had, you. okay he had a terrific terrific memory of wrestling like really terrific he's like, a huge he, fan he, he huge, could huge recall fan. goldberg being uh tuned up by william regal on mm-hmm. nitro because you know to, to kind of expose him and he was right. talking about the championship scramble match that was devised by pat patterson where it was five guys and I think he's like, yeah, I think uh, Brian Kendrick won the title like five times in there, and then Triple H won it eventually, but then he had a triple threat with him and uh, Cena and uh, uh, I think Jeff Hardy and Jeff Hardy won that. It's like, wow. Uh, and I might not even have been saying all that right, but Freddie Prince Jr., Matt, knew it all. Very impressive. Knew it all. Stuff from stuff from the 90s, stuff from 2006. He's get, getting in there. He's he getting in there. Those two on. things he knows. Um, and then uh, uh, Nunzio backstage he's talking to his paisans that's right they agree to something oh what could it that's be kind of all that is yeah what could it's it be i have no idea and then we have an ad for sexy sizzling divas with wwe divas desert heat which is a dvd of a video shoot or a photo shoot if i'm not mistaken yeah uh yeah yeah so th- these back-to-back are such a 2003 thing it it's unbelievable so right. yes we have this ex- you mean this one and what happens next? yes this ex- so yes. we have this extremely horny app for divas desert heat uh there's also like divas in hedonism is that what it was called like there yeah were, i believe hedonism is definitely a word in there for sure they're on the familiar. beach or something and like so yes. yeah desert heat so crazy like, concept they're like posing near cacti and it's like wanted you know wild west wanted posters right so it's like they, they, they go to like an, like an abandoned wild west town it looks like too they go to uh Saloon yeah doors and all they that go to the uh um what's that ranch that uh that's in once upon a time in hollywood they think they go oh, yeah. uh, uh the spawner is, they go to the spawn 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 Spall. Oh, wow. Sorry, Spall folks. Ranch? They go yeah. to that ranch and, yes. uh, and shoot. They go hang out with Manson for a little while. They hang out with Manson. He's like, what do you guys think of the SmackDown theme song? You know, you live with apes, man. It's hard to be clean. 
Something I came oh, wow. up with, guys. Uh, please really don't... mixes things up now. <laughs> oh man, we're losing it, but this well, is the a... kind of show to lose it on. I got to tell you, he wanted a music career, so I mean, now he's kind of getting. He it wanted a Maryland, music so. career. It's true, man. I remember Sorry. there's a, there's at least one song, um, Guns N' Roses covered a Charles, a Charles Manson song once for one of their uh, records there, just to kind of show how how loose and wild Guns N' Roses was at the time. Which song was that? Marilyn Manson song. I don't quite remember. It wasn't it, but Locomotive, I wasn't it? I like that song. <laughs> uh, it was actually Rocket Queen, which is a shame. Oh, so you, no. In some way, you're like, man, he really could have had, he had a career there, because that's a hell of a song. Yeah. Hell of a track. Yeah, um, especially over that bridge. <laughs> Boy, of course. Speaking of desert heat, you're gonna mention that one. <laughs> I, I had to. Uh, I'm sorry. It's a good song. You have to. On. It's legally required to mention that. <laughs> legally required. Of course. Uh, so next, after we see the uh, WWE Divas Desert Heat, Desert Heat available at Fire Shop.com. Yes, I'm sure HMV had one copy of that kind of floating around there. Oh, well, I was. I snapped it up. I said, "Chicks, chicks," and I snapped it up right away. Uh, chicks, yeah. And so we see a video package of the APA. Yep. Bradshaw and Farouk, and they are visiting injured veterans at an army hospital. Yeah, Walter Reed, I believe in uh, Walter DC? Reed, Maryland. They, right? It must be in DC because they go to the Pentagon. They go, they go, they go to the. They lay a wreath at the tomb of the unknown soldier, yep. and they go to the Pentagon. The Penta freaking gone hosts. Yes, John Bradshaw Layfield with his long black hair and goatee, and Ron Simmons yep. wearing his glasses, and they're there yes. talking about how. Some of these soldiers got shot up real bad, and they're like, you know, mm-hmm. uh, talking to the, the soldiers. I mean, so listen, this is a very nice thing they're doing. Okay, I'm not gonna, I'm not yeah. gonna, you know, poop around with it. Uh, yeah, we have to do all the all the kind of the necessary things no, it, of like, right. it is good to visit the sick and ill and injured in hospital who are in situations because they wanted to do the right thing. Yes, but Matt, would I be remiss mm-hmm. to say this is done in the guise of like? Because this is great. We're just telling them what a great job they're doing out there and how we support this. And we it. go to the Pentagon. And we're telling them strategies. It's like, why don't you guys uh, play some poker and drink some beer and have a door that uh, people have to open? Ah, I get it. Um, yeah. That's all I remember about the APA. Uh, but, yeah, this is yeah. done in, in a very, like, uh, you know, rah, rah, sis, boom, bah. You know, we'll shove a boot up your ass the American way kind of thing. Yes. It's very much that way. Like, you can almost be them like, so how many? Like, like okay, I know, I know your leg got blown off. But, like. How many of the Iraqis did you kill? Yeah. I just need to know. You take any with you? Yeah. Yeah, it's like, damn, man. Like, it's, it is, yeah, it's sometimes there is uh, a very, you know, they want to sanitize war and it's very easy to go, like, ah, oh, the troops did, you know, great, great stuff. And it's like, well, they're, you know, they're actually going out and doing things that are maybe not things that we love, especially the war in friggin' Iraq. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and Bradshaw Farouk, it's kind of a funny thing here, too. You know, this is a time where I think Bradshaw was injured. He was just coming back. They were doing stuff in OVW. Uh, they're going to be reappearing on television soon. Uh, and so this is kind of the first time we've really seen anything from the APA for a long time. I know Farouk was teaming with, uh, I believe, Reverend Devon back in the fall for reasons that are unclear. Who knows why they were in the SmackDown uh, tag team title tournament, Matt? I thought they were going to go I mean, all the way. Yeah. Again, somebody backstage was like, you guys know each other, right? And they're like, no, why would we know each other? <laughs> you guys are two of the good ones. Uh, <laughs> oh gosh could you imagine <laughs> I, could uh, i imagine why, yes, why am i, I imagine of course that happened of course they literally said that i very well could imagine that oh man so i didn't know Next that up. was like uh sorry yeah. i i just want to say too i didn't yeah, know please. that was our reintroduction to the apa after a while very odd way this, to reintroduce them we're back we're back to the apa they're who are uh yeah just honest to goodness you know like you said you know put your boot in your ass the american way i guess they're know, not very, uh, they're not always pounding the ass sometimes they're visiting soldiers at walter reed hospital that was a T-shirt. Now I want, now I want that shirt. That was a T-shirt. Well, I think Chuck, um, uh, I think Chuck wanted that shirt too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna. 
Okay. They 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 released a shirt that they the, no no innuendo desired on their part that said always pounding ass. Yeah. Yeah. And they were like, guys are gonna buy this and wear this, and it's not gonna be seen as anything other than. I mean, yeah. Wow. Anyway, we'll just leave that there. Um, Smash them, stack them, pin them. Nobody's bitch. <laughs> they can't get away from that. Nope. There, somebody needs to be in the office going, guys, just to be clear. I mean, you need to do some urban dictionary. You need to think about this. We need to talk about what you're putting on shirts because this is not going to work. Okay. Um, next up, Nuncio against Nathan Jones. Oh, uh, a match that definitely this happens. One went to, this one. This went to a 45 minute time limit draw. Uh, it was it was uh, a Broadway. Style. Yeah, was it? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. They went very far. They went a long time there. I loved it. Um, Dave Meltzer said, even it. if this didn't, this did not take place in the Tokyo Dome. Still mm-hmm. six stars, unbelievable. He still went six stars early, which I was really grateful for. I thought it was I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, oh, sorry, it's a triple threat: Anunzio, Nathan Jones, and Ibushi. <laughs> uh, anyway, sorry, Anunzio versus Nathan Jones. That's so Anunzio so attacks game. Nathan as he goes to get in the ring. And so Nathan gets in the ring after mugging Nunzio and the bell rings. He hits a roundhouse kick on Nunzio. He lifts him up in the choke. As he's held up, Nunzio waves to the back. And down runs Johnny and Chuck, drawing a, what I would describe as an NWO DQ. Uh, <laughs> where your, your faction just runs in and gets a DQ. And we're so glad this match happened. And so Johnny the Bull, Stamboli, gets a gut wrench suplex. And Chuck gets hit. And so Nathan follows Nunzio outside the ring. And then he walks into a super kick from Chuck because he's not the brightest bulb from Baco Road. Extremely well, first of all, he's billed from as from Australia, Nathan Jones. Uh Chuck From Australia. Nathan Jones, six foot ten. Chuck hits him right in Big the face. Man. Very impressive for Chuck yeah, to, to stretch that leg up there. I'll shout out to Chuck. And then shout out to yeah. Stamboli, what he does next. Pretty impressive. He drops him on the barricade. Press slams him on the barricade, lifts him up over his head. Nathan Jones gotta be over three bills. Yeah, absolutely. And they smack his leg on the stairs outside the ring, presumably injuring or maybe even breaking that leg. I believe they they later on go say, oh, he may have a broken ankle from that. Oh, he probably does. Whoops. Let's write him off TV because this was a yeah, man. mistake. Is this the last time we see him? Uh, no, no, no. He shows back up. He shows back up. But it does it, – it, it reads visually on camera as We're writing this people like, like fully being like like burying something. Just like we got to we have to ignore that this ever happened. The walk away, make sure no one's looking and everybody saw anything. And so – Just like a ton of non-matches yeah. for this guy. Like why, why are we even yeah, wasting – it's really just such though. a waste of time. Like again, obviously we can see what they saw in him. And uh, I'm very happy about the man and the success he's had in Hollywood since then. Nothing against Jason yes. Jones. This is just all a big mistake. And he'd probably say the same. He'd really, yeah, it was awful. He probably doesn't have any no, fun. Ta- I don't think so. Now, when we're talking about blame here, Michael Cole says, you know what? Nathan Jones kind of brought this upon himself, which is, like, pretty harsh. I mean, he's pointing out the conflict between Nathan Jones took out Chuck Palumbo before they could have a match a few weeks ago, which led to the whole thing. It's WrestleMania and everything like that. But just the idea that... You know, whenever the face commentator is like, well, you kind of had it coming to you. It's like when the gang broke your leg, Just the guys who have video packages where they steal TVs. Tell Taz to say it. Taz is obviously, like, he also loves the FBI because they're like, you know, Taz throws out a New lot York of guys. Yes, a lot of these guys from the neighborhood, he calls them. So Taz can be like, well, you know, he brought him nice. on himself. Uh, Cole, you know, what you ta- have Taz say it. That's fine. Have somebody yeah. say it. Just have the right guy Cole say doing it. it. Cole doing it is the full burial, really. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So from there, we get the same Goldberg Rock promo from earlier in the night. Exact same. And then we get a Mr. America promo. Like, Ooh, okay. Right. Yeah. The, so, the fighting spirit of America. Yeah. We start off with, I believe, uh, some JFK talking. And then we go to, is it Patton or someone? I can't remember. I wasn't 100% I'm, I'm sure. Bad on, I'm bad on all this, like, Americana, like, uh, yeah, no, the I only know. thing we have to feel. Like, I'm bad at that. 
Yeah. Well, you know JFK. Well, you knew that was JFK when he was talking there. And they have this guy. He's like, we're fighting him in the fields. We're fighting him in the landing grounds and in the streets. Is that not? We wait, hold fight. on. They, they have that. They didn't have. No, they didn't have. They didn't have Churchill. They play. Uh, <laughs> then they play Ace and High by Iron Maiden. No, it's all the American, you know, sound bites we've heard a million times. Yes. I don't think and, we heard uh, uh, Martin Luther King saying, I have a dream, but that would have been a good addition. Right. Well, and, well, of course, Mr. America would not stand for that. He was very opposed <laughs> to having Martin Luther King do that. Man. He said, brother, it's not going to work for me. I'm like, what? Martin Luther King's not going to work for you? He's like, I'll tell you later. Speaking of something that's not going to work for him, brother, brother, yeah. this does not work for him. I mean, who could that possibly be? Uh, probably an accountant from Hoboken, New Jersey. Who knows? Yeah, well... It's funny, too, because, like, a lot of the stuff they're showing as, like, the, hey, here's here's America, it's all war footage. It's very much what a country at war would show as patriotism. Like, it reads as, like, yeah, yeah. it's it's kind of like uh, there's a little bit of propaganda to it. I don't, that makes it sound more intense than I mean it to be, but, like, no, there's just totally a little bit is. of, the, like, hey, like, here it is. Well, look, him just give so us this stuff. Like, do you think this was the plan for whoever this guy is uh, before the war? Do you think, like, this, like, this, I guess I forgot, no, Matt. Almost certainly not. How much this massive world event affected... The wrestling show. Absolutely. If I, if I, yeah, I can't imagine they would have done that. Now, I mean, you know, war on terror is still happening, right? Like like Afghanistan is still very much happening in 2003. Yes. Um, also, it, definitely not anymore in 2021. Oh boy. Um, oh, sorry, man. just to be clear. Uh, <laughs> just to be clear. Hey, folks, just uh, to be clear. Hey, whose yeah, fault no, is okay. it? Which president? Well, I mean, who? Well. Oh, please. Well, okay. yeah. well, hey. Oh man, this is our most political episode yet. Although it's not. Where is it? Yes. All it was missing. All it was missing from the news was like, "That's the Taliban's music." What are they doing here? <laughs> no. uh, oh, folks, this show thing. is off the rails. But this is an off the rail smackdown, my friend. I will say that. That's right. It's Taliban time. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh man, dark thought. I, we laughed just to keep from crying, of course, because the sad world events. I'm that crying as soon fun. as this show's over. I'll cry when yeah, I listen we'll to it. S- started right now uh so next up after yeah so mr america is coming we don't know who he is or if he has a big mustache or if he won the title in Madison square garden against well, your chic and identity for brother did they blow up that feud by the way uh i mean that's that's next apparently i would assume is that after the piper snooker thing like is that why Sheiky baby's always so mad like, at hulk hogan yeah they're gonna be like uh they're gonna be like, oh, Rikishi and Triple H have never actually, or Rikishi and Steve Austin never actually completed their feud for hitting him with their car. That's a good point. Yeah, let's go back and go back and act like none of this stuff ever happened. Yeah. Um. Yeah, man. So John Cena against Chris Benoit, the tournament finals to see who's gonna go up against Brock Lesnar at Backlash for the WWE World Championship, uh, or just the WWE title, I guess. WWE title. title. It's yeah. the other one. Yeah. So Cena cuts the music in. Oh, sorry. Of course, Cena I, cuts no, the music. Yeah, okay. so, I forgot who I have here. The guy who always does the full Cena rap. That's so, right. You uh, forgot. Oh, don't put some respect on my name. And by the way, don't you ever tell Cena me respect. who I can and can't respect. You'll wind up in surgery with another broken neck. At least you're all set when you get your release. If you ever go broke, rent the space between your teeth. Oh, you don't like what I'm saying? I don't care if you get flipped off. Don't ever judge me, dude. You're just a dynamite ripoff. Yo, Use a rabid wolverine, but you're missing a fang. I tie strings to acorns so I can let my nuts hang. You ready to settle this? Then come on out here and fight me. I ain't allergic to your rabies, dog. Come on out and bite me. There we go. The completely unnecessary and nonsensical thing with the the tying of the acorns. What's the acorns? This makes sense there. Pretty inside the Dynamite ripoff thing. Oh, it's pretty insider. I was trying to remember Dynamite's name all day. Tommy Billington. And now it just came to me. 
How delightful. There it is. Yeah. There he Speaking is. Speaking the dark side of the ring. What happened to him? Oh, anyway. Um, he died, is what happened to him. Yeah, he very much did die. But a lot Sad of stuff life. happened on the way to it. Something happened yep. on the way to heaven. I don't think he's going there, but anyway. Well, we'll see what happens. Oh, boy. Taz makes a point of saying that Cena beat Undertaker, but we've seen tonight that Cena deserves literally no credit for that. So, I don't know. He's, he's, he's like, oh, he beat Undertaker. And he's like, every and we we know without a shadow of a doubt he not, should not have won. He's reading, uh, I'm not sure how succinct Cage matches, but he's just like, uh, John Cena over Undertaker. Great. Yeah, that, that's all I need to know. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, must have been a clean finish there. Uh, and so we start off here. Benoit grabs her waist lock on Cena, but Cena grabs referee Brian Hebner and distracts him while hitting a low blow on Benoit. And he gets two from that. Oh, right in the acorns. Right in the acorns. Benoit goes for a German suplex, but uh, uh, Cena does the thing where you kind of you hop up and roll underneath to get a victory roll. Kind of, kind of slowly. W- wasn't uh, mm-hmm. wasn't the best. He- he'll get better at that. He'll get better at Cena, that. I mean, we're we're never really going to get to a point where Cena's like good on this as a wrestler on this podcast. I would say like he just takes time. Um, and then getting, like, even when good. he does get like good, doesn't get any credit for it. Yeah, no, that's true. I'll, he I'll, he pretty much gets saddled with his reputation for a while, which is funny. He's not he's not he's not bad to watch. It's fine. Um, he's fine. He's a sixteen time yeah. world champion. He's fine. Yeah, exactly. Uh Benwell gets a cross face, uh, but Cena is in the ropes and he gets away. And so Benwell falls him outside with a suicide dive and we take a commercial break. And then we come back and Cena drops Benwell neck first on the ropes. He follows with a flipping cutter for two. I was like, okay, that's uh, people don't really do that back in two thousand three, really, but he was doing it then. I think, I think that was one of his things, yeah. He did. Yeah. He must. He kind of got away from that, though. Did he keep doing that? Uh, why do I think I like I that's how he would set up the "You can't see me" uh, fist? Maybe he did. Oh man, it's been a while since I've seen the John was Cena. Sh- match. Was it just the shoulder? Did he just turn it into the shoulder block thing, though? Oh, wait, Is that, that maybe what it became? Double shoulder block. Yeah, his, his five moves of doom until he got the sixth. The sixth. Yeah, move. that's right. Yes, he doesn't do it here, Matt. But I can tell he's like spelling no, he sixth move eventually. Uh, in my notes, uh, isn't that his punch? It, it's the. Is the uh, Wakanda how, Forever? How did that? Ha- what is that? <laughs> yeah. Can you just real quick? Can you explain to me what the hell that is? Because I've seen that before, and I've just it, no, nothing explains it. I think he's taking the Mickey, Matt. I think it's what it is. It's okay. like for years he's like, I'm, I'm working on a new move. I'm working on a new move. It's a new move, and then it's just like he does a Wakanda Forever in front of his chest and just goes ah, and then it's a, like a Dragon Ball Z style punch. Um, right. It's terrific. Okay. Uh, so Good. okay, thank you. I understand. In my notes here uh, during this se- uh, section, Cena is showing a certain type of aggression, Matt. Quite ruthless. Yeah. One could say. Mm. Toothless versus ruthless. John Cena's showing it, Matt, right here. There we go. He's, he's looking good. John Cena's, John Cena's, you know, he's showing he can hang. He's, he's, he's doing well. I mean, you know, I think you, you do well when you're in a match against, with Benoit. That often is a place where you succeed. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah. But, but John Cena can, like, have a, this type of match against – a John Cena type of match against pretty much everybody. Like, John Cena actually yeah, doesn't get – again, about John Cena not getting enough credit for actually working yeah. well against just about anybody. Yeah, someday he'll uh, he'll get to actually you know have a good career, and we'll, maybe someday we'll get to talk about it. Poor guy, just too bad. Uh, so he uh, Cena drops Benoit on the ropes with a drop toe hold, and he drops a leg on Benoit, and he's hung up there on the second rope. And Michael Cole, he tries to equate Cena with Benoit, and he says that they both have veteran traits, and that was just weird. Yeah, I was like, well, Cena's just a rookie. Like you just you can't really get around it. Like let's not make a big deal up. You could say he's like. He's a rookie, but he's not like he's not like eight steps behind. But just say they both have veteran traits. It's like mm, can't get away with that now. Yeah, I guess he's trying to sell like this is why John Cena can 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 work over Benoit like this. I guess. Yeah. So Benoit goes to throw Cena in the corner, but Cena reverses it. He grabs a protoplex, which I believe is called the kill switch at this time, which will later go on to be called uh, a name for a different move entirely from a different wrestler. Yes. Uh, but that only gets two, and so Benoit gets a German suplex. He heads up top. 
But when he goes for the headbutt, he only hits Matt. Mm -hmm. And so uh, Cena gets a little roll-up for two there, trying to take advantage of the fact that he uh, got, got nothing, did not get paid dirt. And so Cena, uh, Benoit goes for a cross face, but they're right by the ropes. And Cena grabs the rope pretty easily, I would say. Yeah. And then back up, Benoit goes for a cross face. So he's trying to kind of drag him down. But instead of Cena gets him up for the FU. Or Death Valley Driver, as Michael Cole keeps liking to call it. Yeah, they keep. They Even keep though he literally said, it. like, mm-hmm. don't they just know what wrestlers' moves are called, too? And they're like, who he calls after this? Like, did A Train ever come to the table? Like, this is called the derailleur. Like,. John Cena literally said your finish is the F5 well mine's the FU I guess they just, they just I don't think, think backlash, to put it together at Backlash is where they kind of go like oh he calls that the FU like they, they finally do that then well right around I don't know why they wait but they do well right around this time too Matt John Cena when he was selling tickets for the Halifax uh, show yes. came to sign autographs I have a picture of yeah. uh, me and our, our brother Alex with him and uh, a picture mm-hmm. I'm not afraid to show off because John Cena is uh, you know not cancelled uh, except in you know China, but uh, he, uh, I remember talking to John Cena. I was like, "Yeah, you're gonna, you know, I think it was before Judgment Day or something, or maybe before Backlash." He's like, "Yeah, you're gonna hit uh, Undertaker with a protoplex." He's like, "No, man, it's the FU." I was like, "Oh yeah, of course." He said that on TV. I'm so stupid. Felt right. I felt a fool, man. I felt a fool. I embarrassed yeah, myself true. in front of John I forgot, Cena. I forgot that we have met John Cena on multiple occasions. On multiple occasions, I can send you a yeah. photo of him uh, right now with you. I have, I have in fact seen him. Um, which goes against uh, everything he says. It goes against a funny, funny internet meme. <laughs> it's it's hilarious. <laughs> so so Cena gets Benoit up in the Death Valley driver position there That's for the right. FU. But Benoit goes, he turns that into a sunset flip, but then Cena grabs Benoit's leg. So instead of Benoit getting Cena down, Cena gets Benoit down, and he gets him down for the one, two, three for a clean victory over Chris Benoit. No cheating move. at all. Yep. Beat him with a wrestling move. Impressive. Yep. Clean as damn. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And so now we know Cena is going to backlash as the number one contender for Brock's title if it was ever in doubt. And uh, it's hard to say anything else, but Benoit is just sad in the ring. The vibe is that he's he's upset. The vibes are off, Matt. The vibe is off for Chris Benoit. Vibes off. That's right. And so Cena does his little thug life uh, pinkies up hand symbol. Very cool. He mimes the belt around his waist as SmackDown goes off the air. Yeah. We put a wrap on this episode of SmackDown. Will, I'd love to get your final thoughts on the show and a rating using our system where we borrow the titles of WWE video games from this time, the SmackDown series, where we say if the show is a Here Comes the Pain, a Shut Your Mouth or a Just Bring It, which is good, sorry, which is bad, eh, and good, respectively, because Here Comes the Pain would be painful and Just Bring It would be, yeah, give me more of that. So, Will, your thoughts on the show and your rating. So I thought about what would it take, Matt, for me to give a show a Here Comes the Pain. Sure. And it would have to be a show that's pretty, like, awful, top to bottom, sure. next to no redeeming qualities. It would ha- it would take a lot, Matt, for me to go all the way to the basement of Here Comes the Pain. It would mm-hmm. take a lot. Uh, this show gets saved by uh, the opener and the main event, for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it avoids the, 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 the fate worse than death, the Here Comes the Pain. Uh, I'll give it a shut your mouth for sure. It's not a good episode sure. of SmackDown television. Uh, just so many cringy things in it uh and um it seems like the show is directionless rudderless or if this is the direction the show is taking well we'll do a piper's pit throw back to an old thing we'll have horny sable do her thing and uh oh brother speaking of brother who's gonna come save the show so um yeah it's just uh it's it's uh not great matt uh it's a shut your mouth for me well, there we go. Um, you know what? For me, I, I couldn't help but grade it against last week's show. Was not a fan of last week's show at all. 
And uh, so I thought this is a market improvement. You know, I, I sometimes I, I, I go back mentally to the sense that wrestling is like a variety show or uh, as it's been sometimes described as a circus, right? You come to circus for the uh, for the monkeys because they're funny or for the bears. Sexy really monkeys lions, if you're Tori right? Wilson, yeah. Exactly. Uh, and so there's a little bit of the thing where, uh, you know, even if you don't like something in this show, it doesn't last that long and you kind of move on to other stuff. There's just a lot of stuff that happens here. Yeah. I do have to affirm the cringiness of it. But, uh, you know, I think that Brock's presence is much increased. And so I'm a very mild just bring it for me. Wow. Okay. Just because I think relative to last week, this, there was just so much more to this that I was like, oh, thank God that, that this is what I get to see instead of what happened last week. So, yeah, we'll see. If, um, we'll see yeah. if Brock uh, uh, gets more mic time, which I believe he does. And uh, we'll see what he does with it. But, uh, yeah, smile and happy Brock uh, is, is not my favorite. Uh, they'll change course with him in a couple of weeks uh, leading into the summertime. Spoiler alert for that. But regardless, Matt, we're only 10 days away from Backlash and Rikishi versus Sean O'Hare. So, I mean, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. And by that, I mean it's death. Uh, so uh, It's a train coming that will hopefully hit us before we have to talk about the show more. <laughs> is it an A train? No. We'll see. That's right. Will, be, will there be a train wreck? No. Will there be a, a derail train? Oh. And folks, of course, you know, the thing to keep in mind is that even the shows aren't great. Hopefully the podcasts are fun. I had fun That's the talking goal. about it. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I like talking about crap. Definitely enjoy doing this more than watching this in a lot of ways, um, which is the advantage of having a podcast, which is, which is good. So next week's show, the go-home show for Backlash, it is the April 24th, 2003 episode of SmackDown. So if you have your WWE Network res- um, uh, subscription, let's say prescription, you could if you're a Smack addict, you need a prescription <laughs> for SmackDown. Right. Yeah, uh, or if you have Peacock in the States, I believe they have all the episodes of SmackDown on there now. Ah, good. Um, you can check that out there before we talk about it next week, or we'll just talk about it in detail like we do for every week of this show. Uh, and so, yeah, just thank you for so much for listening to the show. If you uh, like us, you can follow us on social media, SmackDown 6 Pod on Twitter and on the gram. Uh, if you like the podcast, you can also share it with a friend uh, because or an enemy you know, you, or an enemy, an enemy that you want to reconcile with or a friend of me. Oh, yeah. Maybe hit a guy with a coconut right. 19 years ago. And, you know, maybe you want to rehash old, uh, old, uh, you know, feelings, old, old uh, grudges. Die hard. Exactly. This is the time to put the coconut back together in a lot of ways. Uh. And uh, Will, you know, when I was thinking about you know who should be on the show, I was like, you know, you know, who'd be fun to talk to on the show? I bet Will would be, and you know, that's why I picked you, <gasps> Matt. To quick, to happy quote to be Piper. on this show <laughs> with a mind more evil than my own. Folks, we're not telling you anything you didn't already know. Thank you for joining us on the SmackDown Six podcast. We will see you next week for the Go Home Show for Backlash. <laughs> <laughs>